2: Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am bringing you a special episode. This actually, this episode is not part of a series, but it is whenever a cast member of Full House or, you know, a main cast member of Fuller House has a birthday. I like to do a birthday, you know, episode. You know, I pick an episode, a mainly about that character that they play. And I kind of dedicated, you know, birthday dedication episode. And of course, this month in August, because it is now August, it's August 3rd, (laughs) John Stamos has a birthday, August 19th. I'm like, what episode could I do? And I thought, oh yeah, I know the perfect episode For John Stamos. And of course that episode that I'm talking about. Season 2. Episode 1. The season 2 premiere. Cutting it close. Which aired on October 14th. 1988. After an accident. Stephanie's convinced she's a jinx. That is the IMDB description. The. DVD box cover. Or. Or DVD case says, Bad hair day. Beautician to be. Stephanie cuts Jesse's hair. Good thing she didn't try an appendectomy? Okay. (laughs) I think that I I like everything up to the good thing she didn't try, you know, this thing. Everything else was great until that point. So, (laughs) yes, this is where Jesse. In season one, he was Jesse Cochran. Now, he's Jesse Katsopoulos. He's got the mullet. Mullet's got to go. It's season two. I'm like, this is the season we get Becky and wake up San Francisco in season two. So it's like, no, that mullet, you, you got to go. You got to go mullet, okay? We're going to be entering. The, this is almost the end of 1988. We're getting towards the end of the 80s. Let's get, let's get that mullet and... Leave it in season one where it belongs. I gotta wonder if Jesse might have saved any of that chunk of mullet or any of the hair, like just a little, little bit, and have it like put in like a shadow box or something like that and frame it on the wall. Like remember, this is when I had this this mullet, Becky. You don't know because you didn't see it. It was gone when we when we first met. But I had a mullet. I mean, she could probably see in like old photos and stuff. Like, oh, Jesse, you had a mullet. <laughs> And as the show proceeds down the down the road towards season you know seven eight, yes, his hair gets longer. Is it mullet formed? No, it's not. So yes, for John Stamos' birthday, I thought this is the perfect episode to do for that. So this episode's got a seven point two out of ten rating based on two hundred and thirty-six ratings. Do we have any guest stars? We have Charlie Spradling as Rhonda. My guess is this lady has got to be the nurse that brings Jesse home, which we'll get to that. So the episode of this, the, the, I cannot talk, It's like ten twenty-five. I've been up like since seven o'clock. <laughs> this episode was directed by Joel Zwick, writer Jeff Franklin. So pretty much there were no other staff writing staff members. It was just Jeff Franklin. All right, of course, we do have some user reviews. We got some trivia. We got some goofs. We even got a soundtrack. The song Help, performed by the Beatles. So somebody is clearly going to be singing, oh, it's John Stamos, the song Dancing in the Street. That one, I think Because then there's this other one from Footloose That's like, dancing in the sheets Dancing in the sheets, that's not Yeah, two totally different eras Two totally different songs Two totally different artists Yeah Alright, so of course, let's do the trivia. In this episode, Jesse's last name is Katsopoulos. He would retain this last name for the rest of the series, even after he marries Becky, who hyphenates her name to Donaldson Katsopoulos. Of course, being she is on Wake Up San Francisco as Rebecca Donaldson, that's how she started out. Most likely, if she's a TV personality, they're going to use whatever, you know, whether it's their maiden name, their stage name. I've learned, I guess, if that's where all your credits are, that's where a lot lot of actresses and stuff most likely just keep their regular name after they get married. Or maybe they hyphen, who knows. Everyone's different, everyone's got their own way of how they like to do stuff. So, alright, this is because of two reasons. One was because John Stamos wanted it changed to represent his own Greek heritage. And two, it was because Cochran was a stage name for his band because he thought it sounded more rock and roll. Mm-hmm. This is the only episode in which John Stamos's mullet hairpiece was not for the purpose of flashback sequences or old home videos. That's right, I remember in Goodbye Mr. Bear. He had a fake mullet, and then also in the One Last Kiss episode from season four, he has a dangerously long fake mullet that is just down just a little past the, his, just a little bit, but it's just, when you can tell it's fake, it just looks absolutely hideous and atrocious, like, ugh, get rid of it, I don't care if it's for a flashback, (laughs) <laughs> the storyline was set in the present and centered around Stephanie accidentally cutting off a chunk of Jesse's actually fake hair. A clever way to transition from John Stamos's mullet that he cut off during hiatus to his brand new do. The book that Joey is reading in Stephanie's pretend barbershop is Horton Hears a Who by Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I saw that movie. Um, Jim Carrey was in it and Steve Carell. It was really good. Let's see, warning spoilers, Uncle Jesse is clearly wearing a hairpiece when Stephanie Jody Sweden makes the big snip, in actuality, his hair was already cut short, and this was a fun way to transition, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Warning spoilers, Stephanie gets convinced she's a jinx, and in the sequel series, Fuller House, she's accused of being a jinx because her baseball-playing boyfriend started playing poorly after dating her. Alright, we got some goofs, when Joey calls the family back to give Michelle another try, he raises his hand. It then cuts to a close-up showing Stephanie standing near Joey's side and the same hand is resting there. When Stephanie accidentally cuts Jesse's hair and upset Jesse, crashes his motorcycle breaking in both arms. When Danny helps him eat his cereal, Danny removes Michelle's bib saying, I think your Uncle Jesse needs this more than you, and puts the bib on Jesse. They pan over to Michelle who is lovingly gazing at the other two and she still has the bib on. Well, they maybe put, like, a second bib on her. Just so that way she still had one. you right, got some correction- connections. <laughs> Corrections. King Creole, 1958, an Elvis movie. Poster in Jesse's room. The Buddy Holly story. Poster in Jesse's room. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Joey imitates Roger using dialogue from the film. I have not watched... Who Framed Roger Rabbit in a very long time, probably since I was like eight when someone brought it to school and we all watched it. That's a lot of second grade and third grade. It seems like even though we did learn a bit, there were a lot of movie watching back in those days. All right, get ready. We got three reviews. The first one, of course, the ever faithful Power Man Dan, as I have dubbed him or her. Gives us a 7 out of 10. Titles it The Transition. This review was published April 11th, 2016. Warning spoilers. This episode is the perfect bridge for the second season. In most cases, characters change in slight ways over... In slight ways, only when you really look at them. This episode examines the change. Michelle is old enough to walk and talk, and DJ's hair looks more 80s. Other than that, everything look-wise is the same. Well, it just starts that way. The start of the episode with Jesse's mullet is clearly a hairpiece. When it comes off, a new chapter of John Stamos's career begins. Say goodbye to Blackie Parrish, who is his character... was his character on General Hospital. Stephanie enjoys giving people pretend haircuts, so she promises to be careful with Jesse. Everybody knows how in love Jesse is with his hair, a simple distraction, and causes her to snip a huge chunk from the back of Jesse's hair. You wanna know why? Because she's you know, using, it may be a pretend haircut, but she's using, like, real, like, big time scissors that, let's just be honest here, those were not scissors you would use to cut someone's hair. Those are scissors you use to cut fabric, wrapping paper, um regular paper and maybe a few other things I can't think of at the moment. <laughs> yeah, um I remember trying to cut my ba- I was 14 by the way. I knew better. Like oh my dad cuts the, you know, back of his, you know, you know hair and i'm like well i could just my bangs really need a trim my dad had thinning shears and of course i just i didn't cut them way up but they just the the bangs just due to the thinning shears looked really like crooked and just so my aunt was like oh we gotta take you to get a haircut it's just my bangs my gosh let me get back to the Power Manian's review. Angry Jesse gets a real haircut and his fury distracts him from a sign that cost him his motorcycle and almost his life. His arms are broken and Stephanie feels guilty. Although generic, the plot with Jesse and Stephanie is warm. Jesse then sees it as a sign for him to change as he has been in a rut for the last 10 years. Good to see the start of the new era. And new Jesse. You know, honestly, I'm not going to say that Jesse's in a rut for 10 years. I want to just look at that as, he's trying to find himself, he's trying to figure out what direction he wants his life to take. Like, do I stay in the fast lane, or do I move over to the slow and progressive change lane? All right, here's the next one. Taylor Kingston, another uh, occasional regular reviewer of Full House and Fuller House episodes, gives this an 8 out of 10 and titles it The One Where Jesse Gets a Haircut. This review was published on IMDb January 15th, 2014. Warning, spoilers, of course. I absolutely loved this episode. It was such a simple concept. Jesse loves his hair. Make him go crazy about losing some of it. I especially love when Stephanie asks him to play pretend hairdresser. And he freaks out about her using real scissors. I also love when Stephanie's pretending to cut Jesse's hair and she asks him, So, did you hear who Miss Piggy's been dating lately? It was a funny such a funny quote and i, I remember that because i love the look on jesse's face like what 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 <laughs> not normally i'm getting a pretend haircut i'm talking about pretend gossip about mm, <laughs> fictional characters <laughs> <sighs> but maybe that's the thing maybe stephanie was like oh yeah like Let's talk about my favorite characters. Like, hey, you heard who uh, Miss Piggy's dating lately? Hey, what do you what do you think about Big Bird? What do you think he's going to be up to next week? <laughs> you think Oscar's ever going to get out of that trash can? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious sake! It is uh, okay. Once she unintentionally cuts part of his hair off, he gets so upset he leaves the house and comes. After he gets into a motorcycle accident, his arms are both in braces and have been both been broken. Well they're not in braces necessarily they're in casts they're encased in plaster. As a result, Stephanie blames herself for his accident. She grounds herself until she's 82 years old. I always felt so bad for her. I mean, she was just playing a game, and she didn't mean to get Jesse hurt. Poor Stephanie. Jesse eventually forgives Stephanie in a really cute scene, which I also love. Overall, great episode. Funny moments. I give it an 8 out of 10. Alright, the next one, the final one. 7 out of 10, titled, The New Jesse. By Mitch RMP, also another occasional reviewer on Full House and Fuller House episodes. Published December 9th, 2013. In this first episode of Season 2, Jesse has made some changes in his life. Well, actually, Stephanie made a boo-boo, which made Jesse make some changes in his life. After being forced to cut his hair, Jesse is mad at Stephanie in this situation and crashes his bike, breaking both of his arms. Stephanie feels she's a jinx and refuses to touch her uncle. Michelle's a little older and is starting to talk. And the idea of Danny's O C S I think they mean OCD. But then again, maybe it's uh, obsessive compulsive syndrome that was flirted with at the end of season one is now full blown. This is the personality he will carry for the rest of the show's life. We also have a name change in one of the characters, Jesse is Now, Jesse Katsopoulos to mark John Stamos's Greek heritage. Get ready for some changes this season. It's going to be exciting. That's, it is so funny. Now that I think about it, season two opens with a Jesse episode, right? Of him cutting his hair. Season two ends with the two-parter of Jesse and Becky... Eloping or at um the Alibaba wedding hotel and chapel in Reno, Nevada. I just think that is so funny. I just thought of that. Like it season two starts with Jesse and season two ends with Jesse. If you think about it, think of I mean, even though it's about the Tanner family and all of them in it, it also we see Jesse. Grow as a person And not just in his romantic life With getting With with Becky They get married They have You know Basically we're seeing Jesse's life Evolve over the course Of eight years I just I I just think that's so cool Alright before I get into The podcast Before I get into The Full House episode Of course I always like To let you know you Tanner Newbies I want to welcome you For jumping aboard And Listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. Also, I want to thank all of you regular Tanner fans, Full House fans, Fuller House fans, and just say, you know, honestly, thank you for listening. Thank you for going above and beyond, you know, and supporting the podcast by rating reviews. It just, it helps the show. It makes me... I'm just so happy that you guys are, are listening each week. It just, it means the world to me. Just that other, f- there are other Full House fans out there and Fuller House fans out there that just love the show as much as I do. And just, yeah. Of course, for the Tanner Newbies, like I said, ways that you can find the podcast on social media. It has a Facebook page, All My Lanta Holy Chalupas, Full House, Fuller House podcast. It's unofficial. If you type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast, the Oh My Lanta Holy Chulupas podcast will pop up in the search box. Guys, you don't need to spell out Oh My Lanta Holy the I mean, my gosh, your fingers will be tired before you finish. <laughs> also, Instagram, OMHC. So, OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. Yes, that is a mouthful as well. <laughs> if you start typing in like OMHC Full House, it should pop up there. You can follow along to see what series of episodes I'm working on now. As I've said before, I other podcasts do episode by episode, season by season. Some just do, like, one season of different episodes. I like to do themes just because I think there's so much there that you can... Of episodes that you can work with, not just Full House, but also Fuller House. And that's what I've been kind of doing, you know. During the holidays last year, I covered episodes for Halloween, for Thanksgiving, for Christmas. In January, I started my first theme of the Jesse and Becky love story series. Uh, Before that... We had the Summer Fun series last summer. Before that, we had End of the School Year. We had the graduation episodes. We had the prom episodes. In May, we had the Furry Family Member episodes where we had the introduction of Comet for Full House and the introduction of Cosmo for Fuller House. And for this month, for August, I'm doing... Full House Animal Antics. In September, I'm going to be covering grandparents episodes for Grandparents Day throughout the month of September. So we're going to do Season 1's Full House Return of Grandma. Season three's Granny Tanny, where we're going to meet Claire Tanner 2.0, played by Doris Roberts. In um, Return of Grandma, we're going to see Claire Tanner 1.0, Irene... Cochran, who would later become Katsopolis, so she's Irene 1.0, Jesse's mom. She'll later be played by somebody else. We also f- meet Joey's mother as well, which she is not a grandparent to those girls, even though she likes the idea because she doesn't have grandkids. It's funny that Dan, well, actually, Danny isn't an only child, but Jesse, well, Jesse's not either, so Joey's the only only child. Anyway. And then, of course, we get to the very sad. You guys keep your Kleenexes handy for that episode. Season eight, The Last Dance with Papouli. My heart is just breaking just thinking about it. I know I'm going to be crying buckets when I cover that episode. So be prepared. Uh, also, in September, another Full House cast member has a birthday, and that is Dave Coulier. So I will be celebrating his birthday Dedication episode with Grand Gift Auto. And October, we're going to have back-to-school episodes. We're going to be covering Season 2's El Probable de Grande DJ. And Spellbound with Stephanie from Season 4. And, let's see, we got Fuller House. Fast Times at Bayview High. And, of course... To end that back-to-school series is President Fuller Season 4, where Max runs against Rose for student body president in elementary school. There is one final Thanksgiving-centered-ish episode for Fuller House I will be covering in November. So since I've covered pretty much all the holiday episodes last year, I'm going to figure which series of episodes I'm going to cover for November and December. We'll, ju- we'll just see. We'll just see. You know, I can throw some out there if you guys want to say, hey, I like this idea. Why don't we go with this one? You know, there's Adventures in Babysitting with um, a bunch of episodes between Full House and Fuller House, Babysitting Antics. There's another one I like to call the other series real quick, I got serious episodes, just say no way, shape up the Volunteer, silence is golden, Stephanie's Wide Wild Ride, oh my gosh. Under the influence, there's parenting one oh one with Jesse and Becky. Nikki and we got Nikki and or Alex. Yours, mine and ours, tough love, support your local parents, trouble in Twin Town. We have Parenting One O Two with Danny, Crimes in Michelle's Demeanor, The Devil Made Me Do It, High Anxiety. We also have in that one, I'm not DJ. We have Full House Adventures and Babysitting series. Our first, very first night, misadventures and babysitting. Three Men and Another Baby, Funner House, Uncle Jesse's Adventures and Babysitting. We also have the breakup series, where Jesse and Becky break up. We have Danny and Vicky breaking up. We have Steve and DJ breaking up. And the Sisters series, Sisterly Love, Take My Sister Please, A Hole in the Wall Game, Sisters in Crime, and The Prying Game. We have Lessons Learned, Nerd for a Day, A Pinch is Just a Pinch, Stephanie Gets Framed, A Fish Called Martin, Working Girl, Easy Rider. And, of course, February for Valentine's Day, I am covering Tanner Girls in Love. We have Baby Love with... Michelle and Howie 1.0, who's actually played by twin girls. Stephanie plays the field, where Stephanie joins a Little League team. And her, the opposing team that she's playing against is her boy, new boyfriend, Brett, is actually, uh yeah, she's got a pitch against him. Whew! And, of course, Lovers and Other Tanners, where DJ is so wrapped up in Steve. It's in the beginning of their relationship. She's becoming forgetful. Her grades are slipping. And Danny wants them to take their time apart. We have uh, also character episodes, where it just centers on one character in specific episodes. With Michelle, there's Please Don't Touch the Dinosaur, Wrong Way Tanner, The Bicycle Thief, Michelle a la carte. So yeah, a lot of different episodes to cover. And also with Fuller House as well. We're fitting some of those in there. So don't worry, guys. <laughs> when I can't think of another series of episodes to put together, I will come up with another series called The Leftovers or something. Something probably a little bit better than that. Also, Twitter, O-M-H-C, Full House, And if you guys want to email the podcast, if you guys have... Any comments, opinions, uh, memories of Full House, Fuller House, episodes that help you get through your childhood, your teenage years, what character you're related to most, what characters you like on Fuller House, storylines. If you guys have any Full House fan or Fuller House fan fiction, I would love to hear it. Just make sure that it is, it's clean. This is a family or, you know clean podcast this pretty much honestly is an alternative to the other full house podcasts out there that are um explicit i i wanted to have an alternative to those other podcasts out there that you know people can listen to with their kids around and i'm like oh i gotta turn this off actually somebody did reach out and said hey My kids and I love your podcast. I'm like, yes, that is what I'm here for. Thank you so much. So uh, I think I've uh, taken up a good chunk of time here. So one last thing. If you like the podcast, jump on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, leave a review, use emojis to describe characters. Somebody actually did do that. There are like at least like 18 different characters Maybe less than that, and I hope I got, like, at least 90% of them. There's some of was a little, like, I don't know if this could be this person or that person, but... Alright, guys, without further ado, let's jump into John Samos' dedicated birthday episode. Season 2, Episode 1 of Full House, Cutting It Close. Alright, so we're in the living room. This is the cold open. The first cold open ever. They started this in Season 2. So Joey's in the living room, he's got Michelle, and he's like, hey everybody, come down, come down, hurry, hurry, it's got to be done right now. And Jesse and Danny, Stephanie and DJ are all like, what, what, what? Michelle is ready to give it another try, and everyone's just like, uh, no. And it almost makes me think, like, she's ready to give the potty training, I mean, a try? I mean, if I hadn't seen this episode before. I mean, yeah, everyone turns to go either in the kitchen or up the stairs. And Joy's like, freeze. Stephanie says, she's just going to do it to us again. And Joey's like, no, she won't. Joey's like, I've been working with her all day. Believe me, the kid is psyched. So Jesse's like, all right, let's give the little ankle one more try. Everyone... Forms a circle and grabs hands. And they do the ring around the rosy, which, if you don't know, is about the bubonic plague. I played this with my cousins all the time. Doesn't matter whether you're falling down on a hardwood floor or a carpeted floor, it's going to hurt. Regardless. It's just If you listen to the lyrics, it's like ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. I mean, as a child playing this, I never would have thought of the lyrics as being something dark. And when they say, we all fall down, everyone goes down except for Michelle, who just stands there. Sticking out her tongue, like, heh, gotcha again. Stephanie's like, ugh, she did it again. And DJ says, the kids get a real mean streak. This is only the beginning, DJ, if you only knew the holy terror that Michelle would turn into later. And the cold open closes out on Michelle sticking her tongue out at everybody. It was a really short cold open. Cute. Hey, Michelle, you are ready. <laughs> okay.
1: Come on down you guys. Everybody come on out in the living room. Hurry up. Right, we gotta do this right now. Hurry up. Come what on. Is come on. We gotta do this right now. Okay, what? Michelle Why? is ready for another try. Uh,
2: no. you can
0: it twice again.
1: No, she won't. I've been working with her Believe me, the kid is psyched. All right, let's give the little like,
3: ankle fighter one more try. Come on, everybody. Oh, yeah. Here we here go. We go. Ring, ring around ring the rosy, pocket ring ring The rosy, pocket full the rosy, of bogey. Action, action. We all
0: fall down. down. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's got a real meme.
2: Alright, so we come out of the intro. We're in Jesse's room. This room is very, very spacious. He's got a a couple guitars hanging just above his bed in that little nook area. He's got a Buddy Holly poster. He's got the Elvis Presley movie poster. He's got the jukebox. He's got a guitar that he probably normally plays with on occasion. He's got this guitar, other guitars that he's got plugged into. This giant, this amp looks like the size of like one of those old trunks that goes at the end of your bed or like half the size of a hope chest. He's got that blanket that looks really soft. It looks like um, faux fur with spots, almost kind of like uh, leopard fur. So he's doing what he refers to as duck walking. I'm guessing, did Elvis do something like this in one of his performances? I don't know. Jesse's the Elvis expert, so he'd know more than me. But he's kind of kicking out his front leg, almost kind of hopping on the other one while holding the guitar and playing it. And all you hear coming out of this amp, it's a little ding, 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 ding. Stephanie comes in wearing one of Danny's button-up shirts. When I saw her in this, I immediately got this flashback to being in elementary school and doing, you know, painting and art. And usually the teacher would bring in like these old button-up shirts that you'd put on backwards so the back of the shirt is facing your front. So that way if you get paint on, you're not getting paint all over your clothes. But she goes and shuts the amp off, because she, of course, wants to get Jesse's attention. And Jesse <laughs> points a finger at her and says, First rule of rock and roll, never cut off a man's power while he's duck-walking. Oh, is that what you're calling it, Jesse? <laughs> I love how Stephanie just jumps right in, like, Oh, I'm sorry, but it's time for your appointment. She just jumps right into this game. He's like, Oh, well, what appointment would that be? And she says, your haircut appointment with Mr. Stephanie. So she wants to play Beauty Parlor. And, of course, you can see right away, John Stamos has already gotten the haircut. And the fall, the extensions, the rattiness of the mullet is just really, it's just really, it's almost like when you take a shower and before you brush your hair, comb your hair, the strands in the back are really kind of almost stuck together in like, like clumps and stuff. It, it's kind of like that. And it's just like, ugh. Because you can literally see where Jesse's hair, which is a dark brown, almost boran, but you can definitely tell it his regular hair is lighter than that black ratty mullet. That they got attached to it. So Jesse, of course, makes it know Uncle Jesse doesn't want to play Beauty Parlor. And of course he probably feels like, hey, just because I'm in this house helping the girls out doesn't mean I can be at their beck and call at their every whim when they want to play a game like Stephanie. So Stephanie resorts to what she's done in season one. And I don't think we'll be getting too much of this because this... What she does here is going to be taken over by Michelle, because Jesse's going to call Stephanie and say, like, you're a little too old to be doing this. But the- Jesse doesn't want to play Beauty Parlor. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. And she, like, balls up her fists and, like, rubs her eyes like she's crying. Because she, like leans against the door and, like, sinks down to the floor, leaning against the back, the the door, just it's like, "Ah." and he just kind of ignores her, and then she's like, "Ah." (laughs) I just walk, she just says, "Ah." it's like, oh my goodness, this is not gonna, you're not going away, are you? (laughs) How do you play beauty parlor? And she's like, come my son as she extends her hand out and practically drags him across the hall into her room. And while she's leading him, he's like, "Why do I fall for this?" She's like, "Because you love me." He's like, "Yeah, I knew I had a reason." <laughs> when she's doing the fake crying, rubbing the eyes thing, he he gets down on her level and kind of kneels next to her and says, "Steph, come on. You're 6 years old now. I think we need to cut this, we need to stop doing, you're too old for this. And I like how she feels defeated at first, okay. And then she starts with the, I'm just gonna, you know how you when if you're a kid and you've done that where you're not getting your way, you're gonna like, you're not gonna leave the room, but you're gonna be annoying as possible until the person finally caves and does what you want to do. I've done it. I'm sure other other people out there, you know whether you have kids, whether you've done this yourself. The parent says no. You know if you get on them long enough. And you play on their sympathies. Well, okay, I guess I'll just go play by myself. I you know, my friends are gone. It's summertime and everything and yeah, I'll just go play with my imaginary friends. <laughs> <laughs> Make them feel so guilty and like, okay, well uh, alright, let's play beauty parlor. Ugh. I mean, I remember one of my cousins, we'd play school. It's weird that you're like, you played school in the summer? What's wrong with you? Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but one thing I remember doing um, when I was young is I just had a thing. And I don't know if you girls out there also did this with your mom where you like brushing your mom's hair. Like I'd sit on the back of the couch and my mom would sit on the couch and I'd be, you know, sitting behind her with a brush and just brushing her hair. And I don't know whether I found it to be like a just a calm feeling or I I did that with my aunt once and then my cousin Laura way came and like that's my mom you can't brush your hair I'm gonna brush your hair okay I don't know I just I think I just found it kind of soothing like for my own benefit and comforting something that i was i was familiar with doing
3: first rule of rock and roll never cut a guy's power off when he's duck walking i'm
0: sorry but it's time for your appointment and what appointment would
3: this be an appointment with Mr. Stephanie. My
0: Uncle Jesse
3: wants to play beauty party. Uncle Jesse doesn't want to play beauty party. Yes he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. <laughs> Stephanie. Now listen,
2: you're six oh. years old, you're in first grade. Only crying. Bottom lip
3: sticking out. Not gonna work anymore. It's not. No.
2: Happen someday. Oh, she is really guilting him. Huh? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> How do you play beauty
3: parlor? Why <laughs> am I such a sucker? Because you love me. I know I am. Yeah.
2: So we go over to Deej and Steph's room, and of course, who do we have as the first customer? It's Joey, and you want to know what Joey's doing? Sitting in a chair, he's got his bare feet up on that little table with cotton balls smooshed in between his toes, and they're painted. Of course, he's also wearing what looks like a hairnet. And he's reading Horton here's Who, and she's like, oh, yeah, just hanging out, just letting Stephanie do whatever, you know, paint my nails. I mean, she looks like she did a decent job. I mean, it's not like Joey's going to go around, in, you know, barefoot in sandals and everything like that. But, of course, as soon as Jesse gets over there, sees Joey, he's, like, bent over, hand on the knee, pointing. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And Joey just plays out like, hey, she's not finished yet. And Stephanie's like, Joey is going to look fabulous. This is what I like what she's doing here. She's got a fake, you know, it's a toy blow dryer, right? She's actually imitating the sound of the, you know, the hair dryer and everything like that. Okay, I think Jesse just said, good God, because I saw that come up in the subtitle. I'm like, who said that? It wasn't Joey, and it surely wasn't Stephanie. I'm like, oh my gosh. Stephanie pats Joey's shoulder and says, thank goodness you came to me when you did. If you don't look good, I don't look good. Now, I know that that is a slogan for some type of product or a company. Okay, I'm seeing it here. Vidal Sassoon, 1985. And this episode would have been 19, oh wow, this almost seems like a late start, October 14th, usually, do some shows usually start like mid to late September, so maybe it wasn't, maybe it's just, it just depends on the show, but Vidal says soon, if you don't look good, we don't look good, I figured I recognized it from someplace. I'd heard the term before, like, don't hate me because I'm beautiful, or zestfully clean. One of those catchy slogans, like, the best part of waking up is vultures in your cup, you know, slogans like that that for years like, will get stuck in your head, and they'll just be playing it just the weirdest times, like, oh, I'm in the dentist chair, oh my gosh, <laughs> I just remembered that. It was like years ago after I'd seen, um... Not Shrek the Third. It was like Shrek Forever After. You know the one with Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> and I just I was in the dentist chair and I was just laughing and and the dentist was like, "What's so funny?" I'm like, "Oh, I was just thinking of that movie, that scene in Shrek Forever After." Let me see if I can find it. So yeah, it's where Shrek has to give. A day of his, one day of his life, in order to get a day to be just his ogre self without being married, without the responsibility of children, and starts trying to think of what day that he can give up. And he was just thinking, oh, the day of my donkey, that's the day I, I wouldn't mind giving that day up. And I, and the part that is just Rumple Silskin saying, <laughs> I don't know who that is, and it's just I love it because it just I got stuck in my head. <laughs> So Jesse is just having fun, really ribbing Joey here. He's like, Joseph, I have two words for you. Pearl earrings. And I love how Stephanie, like, takes her thumb and forefinger and is just kind of touching Joey's earlobe. I'm like, hmm, those would look nice. And I just, I love Joey just looking at her like, no, mm, no, no, we're not doing that, sweetie. (laughs) Stephanie calls her next client. Who is Jesse? It's like, thank you, Josephina. And Joey stands up and she's like, toes up or you'll drip. He's like, yep, yep, yep. Toes up or I'll drip. I know. Oh no, Jesse was the one that said, thank you, Josephina. As Jesse goes to sit in the seat that Joey just vacated. And Sammy's like, toes up or you'll drip. And I, <laughs> Joey's still holding on. He's like holding his place in Horton Hears a Who with his thumb. And like, Okay, okay, let me get my feet up. It's a shame he didn't use Becky's method, but no one's met Becky yet. Um, and the... I think it's Good Girls Just Want to Have Fun, or Girls Just... I think it's Girls Just Want to Have Fun, where DJ uh, hangs out with Kimmy while she's babysitting Aaron. She's supposed to be studying for a biology test. And she... Has Ryan and, we learn his friend, who is Bitterman, come over. Anyway, DJ and Becky are hanging out upstairs. They're doing each other's toenails. And DJ's like, oh, I only got a few minutes left to get over to, you know, this babysitting gig to hang out with Kimmy. And it's like, oh, here, let me get the blow dryer. This is the best way to blow dry your toenails. But anyway, back to Joey with the hairnet and the Horton Hears a Who. Like, <laughs> you're gonna need a weed whacker for that, Bush. <laughs> oh girl, holy moo. Um she's like, no I won't and she has these very large scissors, and I'm sure sure, because she even drapes a towel around the back of Jesse's you know, on the you know, the back of his neck and shoulders. And even he's like whoa 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 and Stephanie's like what's wrong it's like those are real scissors and she's like yeah so he's like well isn't this a pretend haircut and I love how she looks at her invisible watch like Mr. Stephanie does have other appointments and the fact that he just like fine fine but just know that the only one who cuts my hair is Alejandro I'm just thinking watching these growing up I thought Ali was his first name and hondro was his second name until i realized that alejandro is just one name the way she's like snapping like look at these scissors snap 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 open close open close open close it's like yes we we clearly all know how scissors work but they are just the the bleeds are huge that is like fabric cutting or christmas wrapping paper cutting scissors She shouldn't even be playing with those. She should still be working on the kid safe, kindergarten, preschool, like the ones that got like the um the safety whatever's on them. Safety shears or something. The the You guys know what I'm talking about. We eventually graduate from and move on to regular Fiskars. Jesse even jumps right out of his chair like she is about ready to, like, just hack away at his ratty mane back there. Because she is, like, standing, like, three feet away with where, from him while she's going up and close, up and close with the scissors. It's like, my gosh, Stephanie, you should know that is not child safety when it comes to those scissors. You don't ever put anything that sharp and that close, even if she's three feet away. That is just, uh uh-uh. I mean, I agree with how rude podcasters Jonathan and Brandon were. Or Jonathan exactly was saying, she should not, he should have taken those scissors away from her. That is not safe. And those blades on those scissors are as big as her, as long as her hand joey doesn't even say anything about it either granted he's not the one who's gonna be uh sitting in the mr stephanie chair but still i'd be like steph you really should not be playing with those i just don't like how she's even as she's looking oh she's actually got an actual watch but she's got those scissor blades so close to her face it makes me so nervous Jesse finally gives in, sits back down, and says, Okay, but just be very, very careful because, as we all know, no one really cuts my hair except for Alejandro. So I like at first what she's doing. She's just lifting up the back of his hair and just like opening, cutting the scissors, but it's like at least like a foot away from the back, from even touching his hair. She's not even touching his hair. But I wouldn't even be doing that with the scissors. I'd be just like holding them closed and pretending you're snipping. You Your fingers can be scissors. Snip, snip, snip. You're not cutting anything. You're not hurting yourself. You're not going to hurt the person that you're pretending to cut their hair. It's just, ugh. Oh, yeah, this is where she's like, hey, you heard who Miss Piggy's dating lately? You think she and Kermit will get back together? You ever, you think that uh, Fozzie's ever going to make it as a stand-up comedian and be successful? So, Joey, of course, asked Jesse if he can watch The Girls tonight because he wants to try out his new Roger Rabbit act at the Smash Club. So, yeah, Joey wants to try out his new Robert, Robert Rabbit, (laughs) Roger Rabbit impression. Um... And I'm looking at the release date for Roger Rabbit. Who framed Roger Rabbit it was June 22nd, 1988, so it was a summer release. And this episode, like I said, was released October 14th, 1988, so about three and a half months. So it's pretty relevant. And I remember honestly watching this movie in second grade. Someone brought it into school, and I remember I was at um the neighbor's house, and I guess they are having a gathering, and the movie was on there, too, and I was so enthralled with watching it, and my sister was telling me like, oh, she watches that movie all the time. She loves it, and (laughs) I guess one of the lines that the weasels said in the movie was, like, you'll die laughing, and I guess I would repeat that, um, but, And Jeremy has the DVD, and I I have not watched it since I was a kid. I don't know why I'm hesitant. Like, I'm almost, like, thinking, like, oh, I liked it so much as a kid. Like, if I watch it as an adult, I might not like it as much as I once did. I I don't know. I just, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, he wants to try out his new impression at the Laugh Machine, which I guess is similar to The Laugh Factory, which is an actual place. And Jesse's like... Joey, it's Saturday night. Are you, really? You're asking me to give up a Saturday night? Because we know at this point, just not attached. She's not, Rebecca's not in the picture yet. She will, I, and I already covered that episode back in January with the Jesse and Becky A Love Story series. So he's like, hey, it's the weekend. I want to go out. Maybe find a club to play some music. And, you know, meet some ladies and stuff like that. Like, if you're single, the nights you're going to want to hit the places to hang out are going to be Friday and Saturday night. No one's going out on Sunday night because people got to go to work Monday. So Friday and Saturday are the prime times to go out there and mingle if you're single. So, of course, Joey does his Roger Rabbit. He's like, oh, come on, Jess, please, please, I can't do it. I can't do it for my life, to save my life, I'm sorry. But I'm guessing supposedly, and this is a big supposedly, because I looked this up on IMDb for the release date of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. There's been talk of a sequel to Roger Rabbit for probably the last 10 to 15 years. And I saw something on there that says 2022. Now with everything going on this year, a lot of stuff has been put on hold until most likely 2021. I don't know whether they've even gotten far as far as, you know, casting people. I do see some people have been casted. Of course, Bob Hoskins, who played Eddie, Valiant, is no longer with us, so they're most likely going to have to cast someone else. I honestly wonder if they do it because as a kid, I really don't think I understood time periods. Like, as an adult, I'm like, oh, yeah, this movie's set in, like, what, the 20s or 30s? Um, what was the other one? Dick Tracy was another one. Had no idea that, that it was set during a specific time period. It's like, be a sport, be a pal, be a chump. And you see Stephanie laughing, and she is right up in Jesse's fake mullet with that scissors open. And it's like, I'll give you a big whip kiss. Mm-hmm. And of course, Stephanie is just laughing and... Like, Yep, she should have taken those sisters away, guy, because now you're sans fake mullet there. But I feel honestly, I mean, what other way? If John Stamos had done this during the hiatus, what other way, honestly, because we know the character of Jesse, he's not going to willingly cut his hair. So more likely this is something that had to happen against his will. Or something that clearly was an accident and wasn't planned. So I'm looking, and I hear, like, the scissors cut, but it doesn't sound like they're cutting anything. It almost sounds like she opened and closed them and you hear a snip, and she's holding a section of that fake mullet. Luckily, she didn't get too close to John Stamos' actual cut hair. Otherwise, yeah, we would have had a situation on our hands. <laughs> don't think they had her cut anything because she's holding something that Philly was already taken from that mullet she's like oops and I'm just thinking if someone cut you like say you had a you know long hair in the back someone cut even a section you're gonna feel that on the back of your neck like something feels like oh what is that breeze on the back of my neck why is my neck bare and your hand is as instinctively going to go to that spot. Like, it feels something's wrong here. Oh, my gosh. My hair. Even Joey's kind of grimacing like, oh, boy. And Jesse clearly no, He hasn't said anything. Like, what? Oops. What? What? He's just kind of sitting there like something's wrong. And Stephanie immediately takes the chunk of hair that she snipped and hides it behind her back like, oh. She doesn't hide it behind her back. She actually takes it and pulls that shirt over her arm, like she's hiding it. It's like, what do you have in your arm, in your shirt there? What's going on? This was all done before breakfast. as Danny comes in with with DJ? It's like, hey, breakfast is ready. We're having pan cuts. Uh, yeah, I was like, you can't hide it. Like something's clearly. How, why is it taking him so long to realize? Like he sands a bit of hair in the back. Like I said, I just I honestly think you would feel that. She took took a good chunk out of that space there of his hair. Love how quickly Stephanie realizes she made a mistake, so she goes to take the hair that she's cut, hides it inside. That long t-shirt. And she drops those scissors like it's a hot potato on that toy box at the end of her bed. DJ says this line, and let me tell you, it will be repeated at least two more times. She's like, I can't believe you did that. Jesse is now staring at Stephanie like... Because at first he's like, oops, what does oops mean? And now he's like, what do you do? And Stephanie's like, well... So Jesse grabs Stephanie's hand and the one that's hiding inside her shirt. Pulls it out and he sees her holding a good chunk of that mullet. That hair got a lot bigger than what it was when she originally cut it. And he's like, ah! And Stephanie's like, have mercy. Well, that's a good way to use that. Like, have mercy on me, please. Jesse gets up out of that chair and he runs to the bathroom, gets one of those handheld mirrors and holds it up to the back of him and sees. He's like, I've been butchered. Again, as Joey and Danny go to follow Jesse out, we get another, I can't believe you did that. Yeah, Jesse goes into the bathroom, grabs a handheld mirror, it's like, She cut my hair he's holding up a handheld mirror in one hand towards the back of his head and then a red one in his other hand towards the front. It's like, oh my gosh, I've been butchered. Danny, of course, is like, hey, Jess, look, take it easy, all right? It'll grow back. It's just hair. And Jesse turns to Danny and he's like, no, your hair is just hair. My hair (laughs) is, is in her hand and he goes to take it he's like, maybe I can go to Alejandro and he'll sew it back on for me. And of course, Danny and Jess, Danny and Joey are all like, hey, maybe we can get Eric Estrada to be a hair donor. Would you like me to pack your hair in some ice? At this time when I watched this growing up, I had no idea who Eric Estrada was. We actually do get another Eric Estrada Chips doll reference when DJ and Kimmy are ending their friendship for, like, the second time on the show's run with the whole good news, bad news, which I'll get to in the Best Friends segment. But, uh, yeah, Jeremy, actually, I thought it was, like, a summer ago that he had watched Chips on Amazon. He was into that for a bit. So that's how I get to know Eric Estrada and then the blonde-haired guy named John, I think. Hey, Jeremy! What were the guys' names on Chips? Pa. Was it John? John and Ponch? Okay. Of course we get another from DJ. Oh my gosh, this is like the majority of her dialogue for this episode. I can't believe you did that. DJ is wearing... A blue moon type button-up top with a matching dress. She's wearing orange creamsicle leggings with a matching scrunchie and a matching button-up short sleeve top. Okay, I'm sure Alejandro is one of many, many things as a hairdresser. He can work miracles no miracle is gonna bring put that hair back on your head. He's not going to sew it on. Maybe you can glue it on. They might have. Is there like a, uh that would just look atrocious, wouldn't it? Here, let me glue it back on with some hair glue gel, something. I don't even think that's a thing. So, Jesse leaves to go to Alejandro. Danny's like, oh, Jesse, would you uh, like me to pack it in some ice? <laughs> Joey's one to laugh. I mean, he's still wearing that hairnet and the pink curler things that my grandma would wear on Saturday Saturdays when she'd curl her hair. Just, they think it's just so funny, but it's like, Jesse's hair is his pride and joy. You know what this makes me think of? It makes me think of the movie Outsiders, or even the book, where, you know, the greasers, like, Ponyboy and stuff... They worked hard to grow their hair out as much as they could and then have it slicked back and everything. And, of course, when he... When Ponyboy and Johnny have to go on the run after, you know, killing that sosh, they have to hide out from the cro- the cops. Basically, it's like the 50s. What are they going to do? What of them going to cut their hair. Ponyboy ends up de- bleaching his hair blonde. And he's all like, oh, my gosh, my hair. I worked so hard to get it nice and long and greasy and now I got to... Yeah. And between giggles, Joey's like, maybe we could get Eric Estrada to be a hair donor. <laughs> oh my god, Danny is literally busting a gut at Joey's uh, joke about Eric Estrada. Oh, when they said Erica, I, Eric Estrada, it sounds like they're saying Erica, Erica Estrada. And I'm like, who's Erica Estrada? She a model. That's probably I, that's probably what I thought. Like a, a lady to donate some of her hair for I don't know. But then eventually I became familiar with what the show you know Chips is and who Eric Estrada was. I mean is he's still alive. Um, so yeah, Jesse just glares at the both of them, and Stephanie is like, "I'm sorry, Uncle Jesse," and he's like, "So am I." And she feels horrible. I mean, she already felt horrible by making a a mistake. He should have taken those scissors away. And another, I can't believe you did that. Oh, that's not a scrunchie. That's like one of those mini banana clip things that are in DJ's permed hair. Stephanie's finally had enough of hearing DJ say, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you're still saying that. I feel rotten enough. Why are you making me feel worse, Danny? Of course, latches right on to how Stephanie's feeling as he Stephanie as he goes after her, and of course we get one last. I believe she did that as DJ points to Joey's hairnet and curlers. Oh, did you see his toes? <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, she's
3: not
1: finished <laughs> yet.
0: Joey is going to look fabulous. <sighs> Thank goodness you came to me when you did. You don't look good. I don't look good.
3: <laughs> Joseph, I have two words for you. Pearl earrings. <laughs>
0: Those would look nice.
2: <laughs> no, 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 sweetie. That's-
3: Next. Thank you, Josephina. Toes up or you'll drip. Okay, toes up or I'll drip. Okay,
1: I got it. You're gonna need a weed whacker for that bush. Right. No, I
2: won't. Whoa! <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa!
3: Those are real scissors.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, isn't this a pretend haircut?
0: Yeah.
3: Then where are the pretend scissors?
0: Mr. Stephanie does what have a little point.
2: Close
3: close <laughs> all right, all right. Just be very, very, very careful, Mr. Stephanie. Because as we all know, no one really cuts my hair except for Alejandro.
0: <laughs> so, have you heard who Miss Piggy's been dating lately? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what?
3: Hey, Jess, would
1: you mind watching the girls tonight? I want to try out my new Roger Rabbit impression at the laugh machine. Joey, it's
3: Saturday night.
0: Oh, come on, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> Pretty please. Be a sport. Be a pal. Be a chum. I'll give you a big, wet kiss. <laughs>
3: Uh. Oops Oops, what oops, what does oops mean?
1: Hey, breakfast is ready, we're having pan
3: Cuts
0: I can't believe you did that What'd you do? Well
2: That is a big massive chunk of hair the
1: majority of his mullet.
3: Jesse. I can't believe you did that. DJ, please. She cut my hair.
1: I've been butchered. <laughs> That's for the best. Jesse, take it easy. It'll grow
3: back. It's just hair. No, your hair is just hair. My hair... <laughs> is in her hand. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Here, give me my hair back. Hair Maybe Alejandro can, can sew it back on.
1: on. Jesse, would you like me to pack it in some ice?
2: <laughs> okay, guys,
1: come on. Maybe we can okay. get Erica Strada to be
3: a hair donor. <laughs> Danny! Erica
2: Strata. Oh, man. I'm
3: sorry,
2: Uncle
0: Jesse. So am I. Oh my God. I can't believe you did that. Yeah. I can't believe you're still saying that. Really? <laughs>
1: Stephanie. Bad,
2: DJ. I believe she did that. so stephanie what she does here we do see this type of behavior in the honey i broke the house where she feels so bad and so guilty that she's like i'm gonna punish myself she puts her toys in her toy box and says i'm sorry toys i don't deserve to play with you anymore Have you ever done something like that as a child and just felt so bad and so guilty that you feel like the person that you made a mistake would that you would they would never forgive you and the guilt you feel is just I know I felt that way. Oh, I remember um, this one time I was probably like eight. And I left, you know those plastic headbands that were thing in the 80s and 90s? I just left it in the hallway. And, of course, when we are in the house, you know, we were walking around barefoot. My sister, of course, steps on it, hurts her foot, and I feel horrible. I go and get my piggy bank thinking, oh, I'll have, you know, to help her get better or something or pay for a medical bill or something. And I just, I feel so horrible. It's almost like until things are right again and normal, it's like you feel like you can't let yourself enjoy anything. Because it almost feels like if I let myself enjoy even the simplest little thing, then I feel like a horrible person. But I get where Stephanie's coming from because I, I know I felt that way growing up. She closes the toy box and sits down on it. And you just hear the audience go, aww. So this doll, this um, Emily doll, I was looking at this doll when it was sitting in the little nook area of their bedroom by the bay window. She, the dress that she's wearing, this Emily doll and the white pinafore and the dark hair. What does that make me think of? Hmm, there is a TV character who looks just like that. And I'm like, Vicky the Robot from Small Wonder, of course. I'm surprised they didn't name her Vicky. That would have been a dead giveaway. (laughs) And she's like, here, Dad, take Emily. And then she says, goodbye, fun. And she just looks down and danny's like honey you don't have to do this and i like how when the guys talk to the girls they do get on their level whether they're you know taking a knee so they can you know make eye contact where they don't seem as imposing as if they're standing up looking down and talking to you oh my gosh she's He's like, honey, you don't have to do this. And she's like, yes, I do. I'm too dumb to have toys. I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't remember her calling herself dumb before. And then she starts going after her bed saying, and I don't deserve pillows or blankets. She is really emotionally spiraling here. I just, I, I feel so bad. Or sheets. She basically wants to just bare mattress, nothing she sits on her bear mattress and danny gets up and says sweetheart you won't you don't you'll you don't want to sleep on your bear mattress you'll get button marks all over your back have you ever woke up from sleeping and you have like those little crease marks on the side of your face from like your sheets or your pillow that's the i just woke up from a deep sleep face And he's trying to make her laugh or at least smile and the look that she gives him when she turns to look at him is like like I'm going through something and you're trying to make a joke. This isn't funny. She's not saying that but you can't imagine. It's like don't you dare try to make me feel good about this. And he tells her you know Uncle Jesse knows you didn't do it on purpose so honey there's no reason for you to feel bad. I'm like I get he's trying to be reassuring, but it just seems like he's not letting her, you know, feel bad. And maybe this is how she has to work through this, is to feel bad and go through these moments and go through these emotions to work through this. Because eventually she will come out of it, but she's got to work through this stuff. You telling her... It's okay, he doesn't blame you. You shouldn't feel bad about this. Is not. That's not how you work through something. He's basically telling her, you shouldn't be feeling the thoughts that you're feeling right now. And almost like he's saying, just brush it aside like it's no big deal. The way that Jesse said, so am I. When she's like, I'm sorry Uncle Jesse, so am I. And he just, the tone of his voice... Just the way that he was looking down at her accusingly. And guys, it's not gonna stop there. He is going to be definitely using some words with blaming her in her direction. It's almost like he's adding more fuel to that blame and guilt fire that is starting to take root inside of Stephanie. Like fanning the flames of guilt like, hey, let's go have breakfast. And he gets up, and she's like, I can't leave the room. I'm grounding myself until I'm 82. And Danny's like, you are not grounded. I am your father, and I am ordering you to play with your toys. Danny! Just, stop! Danny definitely does seem like the type of person that masks his emotions. And honestly, he's gotten real good at it to the point where it's just... It's so easy to just slip into that state of mind because he's probably been doing that since Pam passed away. Keep up the illusion of the the happy persona and that way no one will ask me what I'm really feeling. He sits down on the bed and hands the Emily doll over to her and says, Here. And she's like, Daddy, please don't make me have fun. Danny's like, "I'm sorry, honey, but someday when you're a parent, you'll understand." Hands the doll back to her and says, "Come on, have fun." And she s- stands the doll up and just kind of jostles and, "Oh my gosh, I just, Danny, I think you just need to, he needs to leave her alone for a bit, like give her her space, let her work through this." And of course, we get another catchphrase as she says, "Hot." Dog. Like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Steph, what are you doing? Punishing myself.
0: I'm sorry, Toys. I don't deserve to play with you anymore. Here, take Emily. Goodbye, son.
1: Honey, you don't have to do this.
0: Yes, I do. I'm too dumb to have toys. And I don't deserve pillows. Or blankets, or sheets, too.
1: Steph, you don't want to sleep on your mattress. You'll wake up with those little button marks all over your back. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you know, Uncle Jesse knows you didn't do it on purpose. So, honey, there's no reason for you to feel bad. Come on, let's go have breakfast.
0: I can't leave the room. I grounded myself till I'm 82.
1: You are not grounded. I am your father, and I am ordering you to play with your toys. Here.
0: Daddy, please don't make me have fun.
1: I'm sorry, honey, but someday when you're a parent, you'll understand. Now, come on. Have fun.
0: What? Dog.
2: So Danny's downstairs reading the paper on the couch. Of course Michelle is standing between the couch and the coffee table and we see we do have some magazines, maybe even a TV guide on top that is just right at the edge that all she really has to do and she does I just slide it to the side and it's It's basically primed to tip right over. Of course, Danny... I don't even think he's actually really reading the paper. Because he's more focused on, like, Michelle, don't do that. Michelle, don't do that. And she's just like... And it just makes you think of, like, when you're like... When I'm like, Quinn, don't play with that. Quinn, don't knock that off the counter. And, of course... She doesn't care. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm a cat, right? Cats, that is one thing that cats definitely are (laughs) known for are pushing stuff off a counter because that's just the cat way. Isn't that right, Quinny? That's right, baby. You do stuff like that, don't you? Yep. See, she admitted to it. She says, yes, I do. I do do that stuff and just like seconds before she pushes those magazines off the ca- the uh, coffee table you do hear someone doing a <laughs> almost like they know she's going to do it and they're already applauding you can tell whether it's Mary Kate or Ashley doing this they're the girls are not looking at Bob Saget at all. They are more focused on what the the baby trainer or whether their mother off screen is like probably doing a like a swishing motion with the hand, like push him push it off the coffee table. Danny figures, yeah, that's what she's gonna knock it. As soon as she does, like he puts the paper down. I don't even think he was actually really focused on it okay why don't we play a little game called let's pick up let's clean up our mess i love that the title of mister gets thrown around a lot mr stephanie danny's referring to mr magazine putting that back on mr coffee table here, honey, do you want to help me put this large magazine back on the table? Because he's basically got it. All she's got to do is put her hand on it. It's like, oh, very good. Joey, of course, comes in watching this, eating an apple, and he's just shaking his head like, oh, you got to be kidding me, Danny. We already have one neurotic clean freak in this family. We don't need you making a second. This is not clean freak Danny Junior here that we're. Because he, he does do this in Goodbye, Mr. Bear and also The Trouble with Danny, where she, he kind of makes her his special little cleaning helper. i to the point where they say that it seems like he's starting to slowly brainwash Michelle. It's like, everything should be washed. Like, okay, sweetie, calm down, baby girl. As Danny kind of continues with this, and I just <laughs> love Joey just standing there like, uh, I want to see how this plays. This is just <laughs> neurotic Danny in motion. Like, okay, so now we're going to do what I always do with the magazines. We're going to put them in order neatly. Like, you know, biggest to smallest. And he's like, well, wait a minute. These three magazines, they're all the same size. So what do we do? We alphabetize. Oh, let's see what uh, Danny's magazine subscription. He's got the Rolling Stone. Of course, you want to. My guess is that's more of a Jesse would read Rolling Stone magazine. I bet there's got to be, like, a Sports Illustrated or Wall Street or maybe Time magazine or Life magazine. Danny's like, all right, here comes the tricky part because People, Sports Illustrated, and Time, they're all the same size. And, of course, definitely People magazine, you're going to get your info into what's going on with celebrities, world news, same with Time magazine. And then, of course, Danny... Is at this moment, and this episode, this is the last he will be as a sportscaster. We don't actually see him going off to work. But, Sports Illustrated, of course, you want to keep up on what's going on in the world of sports. You know, if you're into sports, which I, you know, not too much. Not really. Yeah, People, Sports Illustrated, and Time, they're all the same size. So what do we do? We alphabetize. So time goes on the bottom, then Sports Illustrated, and then people. Because I love to al- how I alphabetize my books by author's last name. Can you imagine trying to authorize your books, alphabetize your books by title? But I mean, maybe people do. I like to do author's last name. That way you can keep them together. Especially when you have books in a series. They gotta stay together. While Danny's talking about alphabetizing the three magazines, you see Michelle is looking over at the baby trainer. Oh, the cherry on the sundae is the TV guide. Like, here, honey, put the TV guide on top. Good girl! I've taught you well. And you can definitely see right after, because Danny's like, this child is gifted. And you can see it looks like either Mary Kate or Ashley Olsen they are done with this. Scene. They are emotionally like checked out because she's kind of rubbing right underneath her nose. like, and she's. Kinda, you can see she's visibly starting to get upset because Joey's going to pick her up and say it's time for your nap. Oh don't wrinkle your pajamas but you visibly see she is in f- almost meltdown point you see her like start to like Ahh. it's like get her out of here get her, get her get her out of here go upstairs go upstairs with her because she is about ready to start crying and screaming and just good thing they got that scene where they did <laughs> dan <laughs> joey sits on the arm of the couch and it's like oh danny don't turn this sweet innocent little girl into a compulsive neurotic nutcase like well you for example oh I see on the TV there's a little jack in- the box with a thing little uh, little clown face popped up there so yeah Joey grabs Michelle and says okay NAP let's go and as Danny is handing Michelle off to Joey and Joey's reaching down you can like I said go back and watch on you know Hulu or if you got the DVDs, she is very visibly upset. Like I said, she is done with this scene. She even starts going, ahhh. <laughs> and as he's like, okay, let's go, and pats her back, he's like, now, while you're sleeping, don't wrinkle your pajamas. And you can see, her mouth is open, she is just like, ahhh. Like, oh boy. So DJ and Stephanie come in from the kitchen DJ says she's finished the dishes. She says, I stacked the saucers on the salad plates, the salad plates on the dinner plates. And the glasses have been arranged by color and size. I love how Danny salutes so him and says, good work, girls. Stephanie, of course, puts a hand on Danny's shoulder and says, Daddy, I've tried really hard to have fun. Now can I please go back to being sad? Danny, again, is like, Steph, you're being much too hard on yourself. It was just a little chunk of Uncle Jesse's hair. Not even a chunk. A chunkette.
1: Michelle, don't do that. Michelle, don't do that. Michelle. Okay. Why don't we play a little game called Let's Clean Up Our Mess. First, we're going to put Mr. Magazine back on Mr. Coffee Table. Can you do that? Very good! And now, we're gonna do what Daddy always does. We're gonna put them in order neatly. We're gonna put the biggest magazine on the bottom. That would be the Rolling Stone, of course. And now comes the tricky part, because People, Sports Illustrated and Time, they're all the same size! So what do we do? We alphabetize! Perfect. And then on the very top, sweetheart, goes the TV Guide. Go
2: ahead, honey. (laughs) <laughs> Joey's she's like oh my God, you're getting me the child oh. is gifted <laughs> Danny
1: don't turn this sweet little innocent girl into a compulsive neurotic nutcase like oh well you for example <laughs> Okay. oh NAP, yeah you she go. is now, done while you're the sleeping scene. don't wrinkle your pajamas
2: get her out get her out she's finished her finished
0: dishes. I stack the saucers on the salad plates, the salad plates on the dinner plates, and the glasses by color and size. Good work, girls. Daddy, I've tried really hard to have fun. Now, can I please go back to being sad?
1: Steph, you're being much too hard on yourself. It was just a little chunk of Uncle Jesse's hair.
2: Not even a chunk. It was a chunkette. The doorbell rings! DJ goes to get it, and we could see a white shoe in part of a white skirt. The nurse says, hi. Come on in, Jesse, as they open the other door, and it's revealed. Jesse's wearing a motorcycle helmet. He's got both arms sticking straight out, casted in plaster. He's got his gown on, his hospital gown on. He's got his jeans on still, and his boots. This is just so absurd on so many levels as to, it's just, no. So if he was in an accident, it's not like, usually they're probably going to start cutting off your clothes, right? Like, he's clearly Sam's shirt. Because they had to, you know, plaster his arms and, uh, you know, cast his arms. But he's got his jeans on. I'm. Are you serious? This, like, just happened. I don't know how many hours have passed before he went to get a, you know, his hair sewn back on, or, I think probably it's been a few hours. You see the audience go, whoa, and DJ's like, Uncle Jesse, what happened? Everyone's like, what happened, Jesse? Tell us what's going on. So he starts to say, I started my, and of course, DJ's like, oh, wait a minute. Here, let me lift the visor up so we can hear you. DJ's like, what happened? He's like, I'll tell you exactly what happened. And he looks over at Stephanie glaring at her, which, great, that makes her feel even worse than she already does. Thanks to Mr. Stephanie's pretend haircut, I had to get a real one, which I hate. As soon as he says that... Mr. Stephanie's pretend haircut, the camera cuts to Stephanie's expression, and it's like, way to get her while she's already down. Yeah, and of course, Danny's saying, oh, no, Jesse knows you didn't mean it. Well, then why is he throwing these dagger, emotional daggers at her and glares? I'm sorry, but Stephanie's only responsible for the haircut part. She's not responsible for whatever emotions are racing through your bloodstream. That's on you, Jesse. He's like, yeah, I was forced to get a real one. What did they have to do? Hold him down? <sighs> He's like, after that, I hopped on my Harley and raced out of the parking lot. You raced out of the parking lot? Really? Well, no wonder he got into an A. He's lucky that he didn't hurt somebody or more of himself. He was so upset that he failed to see that tiny sign that said Severe Tire Damage. So he probably went over some like, of those... Not the rumble strips, but, like, the, um, I can't even think. It's like, uh, the official term would be called traffic spike. A spike strip, also known as traffic spikes, tire shredders, one-way traffic treadles, tiger teeth, and tire poppers. Spikes are designed to puncture tires if vehicles enter from the wrong direction. Interesting. Okay. Apparently you could buy your own on on Amazon tire puncture spikes. Really? For $16.99, huh? And free shipping? Well, if you guys want to get back at your acts, I guess there's a way to do it, huh? (laughs) He's like, I wrecked my bike. Next thing I know, concrete sleeves. And the scene closes out on Stephanie just looking like she is about ready to burst into tears. How much guilt can this child take? Pretty feels guilty for the haircut, which that's the only part she's technically responsible for. It was an accident too. Jess like I said, Jesse should have taken the scissors away. Or if Joey had seen her one like, sweetie, we really don't use pretend we don't need to use real scissors. But anything after that point of her cutting Jesse's hair? That's on him. That is 100% on him. You are a grown 25 year old man, Jesse. Don't be taking out your anger on this child. She's been through so much already. Not even a chunk. It was a chunkette. Hi.
3: Come on in, Jesse.
0: Oh, well, Jesse, what happened?
3: tell what us what's happened? going on here hey, wait, i started
0: to my park wait. okay what happened
3: i'll tell you exactly what happened thanks to mr stephanie's pretend haircut <coughs> i was forced to get a real one which i hate after that i hopped on my harley and raced out of the parking lot i guess i was so upset i failed to see that little tiny sign that says severe tire damage That's
2: on you jesse
3: i wrecked my bike <coughs> next thing i know concrete sleeves
2: Oh Stephanie.
3: <coughs> Thanks for helping me, Ryan. My pleasure. Here's my number. If you need a sponge bath, give me a call.
1: And, uh, if you need a sponge bath, uh... Joey!
3: you, know, you look like a shower person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jess, does it hurt much? Only well, when I think about the next six weeks. What am I going to do with two broken arms? Well, I think you can scratch bowling off the list.
0: I think you can scratch scratching off the list. I'm sorry, Uncle Jesse. It's all my fault.
1: Oh, Steph, it's not all your fault. Jesse, tell her it's not all her fault. It's not all your fault.
2: Jesse, don't be a jerk.
3: Not a big help.
2: Well, let's see our new
3: haircut. No, I'd rather you guys remember me the way I was. Yeah, Come on, Jess, let's no. check it out here. Come on. Leave my hat on.
2: Leave no. it on, joy!
3: A lot better
2: than the mullet. A lot better. Somebody say something.
0: Pretty cool. <laughs> Definite possibilities.
1: Yeah, you went from Eddie Van Halen to Pee-Wee Van Herman.
0: <laughs> I think you look handsome. Well, forget the I hair. I'm just spine. happy you're okay.
3: Thanks, DJ.
0: I'm happy you're okay, too. Okay, you don't want to pull on his arm, kid. I'm sorry.
3: Stephanie, please, be a little more careful. I'm starving. Fix myself a bowl of cereal. I get the door. I got it. Takes more than a couple of broken bones to slow down Big J. (laughs) Baby alert.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Danny, wait. Was that a hungry cry or a wet cry? That was a hungry cry. Well, in that case, I'll help. Didn't you. he just put her down
0: <laughs> for a nap? Let's go help Uncle Jesse. How <sighs> I can't even hug him.
2: <sighs> yeah, Stop. I want to help someone who's being a jerk to me. No, thank you. I'm sorry, but with Jesse's attitude, he's not garnering any sympathy for me whatsoever. So Jesse, of course, thanks Rhonda, the nurse, for helping him. And she's like, Oh, my pleasure. Here's my number. She's writing it with pencil on his cast. That's never going to show up. If you ever need a sponge bath, give me a call. I'm thinking, oh, he's probably going to need some type of uh, bathing or cleansing, but I doubt you'll be the one that's having to do that. Oh, boy. (laughs) But think about it. He's got two broken arms that are set, like, straight out. You can't do anything. You would have to have someone feed you, have someone bathe you, you know, go to the bathroom with you. Cause, how are you gonna touch all your parents? You're not. Even if you had to go with wearing one of those, you know, depends diapers or whatever, someone's still gonna have to put it on you and take it off of you. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, the number two part isn't bad, but you know, yeah, those details. I and mean, honestly, if you had to choose between losing, like, the use of you temporarily of course your arms are your legs at least with your legs you know you do have the ability to use your arms and be in a wheelchair so that's doable the use of your arms to pretty much someone's driving you something you, you can't work there's no way you can work especially if you're working with your hands you're com- he's completely immobile he should just spend like the next six weeks in bed Oh, yeah, Rhonda's all smiles like, oh, if you need a sponge bath, give me a call. (laughs) And Joey, of course, feels like, oh, well, if you ever need a sponge bath. And she just looks at him like, don't you dare complete that sentence. Ugh. Joey's like, oh, if you ever need a sponge bath. And she just looks at him with her hands on her hips like, don't you complete that sentence. he's like, well, you look more like a shower person. So, Danny's like, oh, man, Jess, does it hurt much? He's like, well, only when I think about the next six weeks. No, I meant, like, physically does it hurt, not on the level that for the next month and a half you're pretty much going to be sans doing anything on your own. And Jesse's kind of sitting on the back of the chair like, oh, man, what am I going to do with two broken arms? And Joey's like, well, I think you can scratch bowling off the list. And DJ says... I think you can scratch scratching off the list. And of course, Stephanie just rattled with guilt. Is like, I'm sorry, Uncle Jesse. It's all my fault. I mean, even if anyone tried to say no, it. I mean, even Danny said it's not your fault. She is not looking for Danny for reassurance. I think she wants to hear it from Uncle Jesse to say, no, Steph, it's not your fault. This was on me. This was. Yeah. That's when she says, it's all my fault. Jesse doesn't even respond to her, doesn't look in her direction. Danny's the one that goes over and says, oh, Steph, it's not all your fault. Jesse, tell her it's not all her fault. And he's like, well, it's not all her fault. And Danny's like, not a big help. It's like, jeez. This, honestly, to me, looking at this episode and just the relationship between Stephanie and... Uncle Jesse does, you know, go on without any, in regard to this. But this just seems to me, I mean, I know they say kids are resilient as in they'll have a spat or whatever, an argument, they'll get over it and they move on. This just, to me, seems like, I know if this were me and Stephanie's situation, and my uncle were treating me that way, I would have a heck of a time feeling confident in that relationship going forward. Like, that would be something I oh, would always go back to that moment. To the point where I probably would not feel comfortable. I I, I don't know. That's, that, that's just me, and that's just how I, I probably, even at that young age, that's something that probably would have bothered me for a very long time. DJ, of course, switches the subject to Jesse's haircut. He's wearing the helmet. Does he think he's going to go through the rest of his life wearing the helmet until his his mullet grows back? So they're finally, going after Like, get this helmet off. We need to see your new hairdo. It's like, no, no, no. I'd rather you just remember me the way I was. Ugh, with that mullet? No, thank you. So they yank it off, and the audience just goes wild for that new look. Like, oh, definite possibilities. Jesse calls that a hat and not a helmet. And it, Jesse's looking at Danny and Joey like somebody say something. And DJ's someone that says, pretty cool, definite possibilities. Why was he so nervous that people would be rejecting his haircut? Because his mullet is gone not like Alejandro gave you a mohawk. It's not like you drastically, he just trimmed off the mullet. He didn't do anything drastic to his hair. It's not like he had someone like shave a word in the back of his head. Or in, in his hair. I remember when I got my hair cut short again in 2013. Um, it wasn't very receptive. My, well, my Jeremy was fine with it. But I remember just going to Walmart and getting this, I think it was right around fall, too, because they had, like, winterish hats. And I got this, like, Eeyore hat. And I was so self-conscious about my hair going from long hair to short again that I just, I didn't know how it was going to be received. And I went into my shop with my, because I worked at Google all the time. And I took the hat off, and everyone's like, I don't get it. What's your deal about that? Your hair looks fine. Why are you so embarrassed? I don't get this. Where Joey's like, yeah, you went from Eddie Van Halen to Pee Wee Van Herman. Okay, he does not look like Pee Wee Herman in any way, shape, or form. Pee Wee Herman had more of a, kind of a almost like a buzz cut-ish with like the the bangs kind of like pushed up, upward. That is Jesse doesn't look like that Of course again Jesse doesn't react to Stephanie doesn't look in her direction when she's like And she says this so quietly like, I think you look handsome And it's almost like she's on the outside Of this whole Gathering around Jesse He's just so afraid Like anything she says or does Is gonna You know Is gonna set him off DJ's like, you know, forget the hair. I'm just happy you're okay. And DJ does what is the correct thing. Someone's got two broken arms. You hug him around the waist. You don't touch their arms. Stephanie, of course, is just, I'm happy you're okay too. And she grabs his arm that's in the cast and kind of pulls on it. He's like, oh, Stephanie, you need to be more careful. It's like, great. Now she doesn't want to even go near you now. I mean, she is six, seven years old at this point. I think she's six. It's a must- You know, she made a mistake. Maybe she's just you know used to like grabbing him by the arm and hugging him that way and everything. She doesn't even really pull his arm down too much. Just kind of puts her arms around his arm, and it- and as soon as she starts to, like pull down on it just a little, it's like oh wow oh, wow oh, wow oh. wow. It's like And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she backs up like, I'm sorry. It's like, Stephanie, please be a little more careful. Jesse, of course, is starving this whole motorcycle haircut day that he's had. I'm basically going to make myself a big old mixing bowl of Cheerios or oat boats. And he already is in the, well, it's time to start helping Jesse. Let me get the door. And Jesse, of course, is the type of person that's like, no, no, no. I'll get the door myself. I got it, okay? Just because I got some broken arms doesn't mean that's going to slow down the old Jess man. Oh, no, he says it takes more than a couple broken bones to slow down the big J. And Joey just put Michelle down. All of a sudden, he's like, eh, eh, eh. eh." And of course, Joey stops Danny like, oh, is that a hungry cry or a wet cry? And Danny's like, it's a hungry cry. Joey's like, well, in that case, I'll go with you. DJ's like, hey, Steph, come on, let's go help Uncle Jesse. And I, Stephanie's like, help him? I can't even hug him. And of course, DJ's just like, "Like, oh, whatever, I'll take care of this then. Now we go to the kitchen. Jesse is putting his arms up almost like he's trying to use magic to get the oat bulk cereal box off the top. Why is it on the top of the refrigerator to begin with? It'd be in a cupboard, right? It's almost like he's trying to use like mind like telepathy or or um, telekinesis to uh, get that box down. So yeah, DJ comes up behind Jessie. She's kind of watching <laughs> this here. And he, he realizes someone's behind him and he turns around and he's like, oh, hey. <laughs> She's like, uh, do you need some help with that? I can get that down for you. He's like, oh, no, 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 I got it, I got it. So he goes, I love when he goes to turn, DJ ducks right out of the path of his arms, because his arms, of course, are sticking straight out. So he gets a broom. Of course, you want to knock that cereal box down and pray that the contents do not spill all over the floor. It's about ingenuity and, you know, moving around and things being... Where you need them to be Like oh here let me get this It's like a a pronged fork thing That you use like For cooking you know picking meat up Off of a grill or whatever And he goes and he Turns it around with his hands You know he's still got the use of his hands Which is really good so he kind of turns it around Stabs at the box Pulls it up And I love with DJ how she's like I think it's dead now I think it's safe to eat This is just so fun watching Jesse attempt to make a bowl of cereal. So Danny comes down with Michelle as DJ walks past him and says, He's fine. He's perfectly capable of making a simple bowl of cereal. So Jesse somehow got the cupboard open and now he's using his mouth to pull the lip of the mixing bowl, this giant plastic mixing bowl, with his mouth out of the cupboard. And he's like, hey, you want me to give you a hand, Jess? And Jesse's like, hey, do I look like someone who needs a hand? So I like what he does here. Jesse, like, pulls it just far enough off this shelf so he can duck underneath and kind of wear it like a hat. This is so creative. I wonder if the average person would think to do this. You know, I bet the average person would probably take the assistance of someone else if they really needed it. But I mean, I know a lot, there are a lot of people out there that definitely, when something happens, they don't want to accept help because they want to be able to prove that they could still do the things they used to do. <laughs> He's walking to the table with the bowl on his head, and you just hear the audience, like, woo! See Jesse tip the oat bolts box upside down, and we hear off screen Danny saying, Jesse, don't make a mess. There isn't much in there, and what's in there is also like Cheerio type cereal dust. Okay, I'm confused. Uh, everyone's wearing the exact same outfit because they were going down for breakfast, right? This is and and depending on how much time happened between them, like going supposedly going down for breakfast and Jesse coming home. He must have gotten that haircut quick, had the, you know, with his motorcycle, went to the hospital, came back from the hospital in the span of what, maybe a few hours, tops. So why are they all having cereal for, for lunch? I mean, it's cool. I mean, I'll eat cereal late at night for a snack. He's even putting Michelle down in her high chair for a cereal bowl. This is the longest day in history. Because Danny's like, well, I'm going to change for work. I thought this was a weekend. I thought this was like a Saturday morning. Because the whole haircut thing even takes place before breakfast time. Like, my God. But Danny's talking about going to work. He's not going to work on a weekend. So he hands Jesse the carton of milk. Like, here, you'll need this. Michelle, keep an eye on your Uncle Jesse for me, okay? I tell the same thing to Quinny. I say, look after your brother and sister. You know, her rabbit brother and hamster sister. And I say, keep an eye on the house. Watch out for Jeremy. Take, keep an eye on Jeremy. Take care of him for me. So, Jesse is going to school Michelle in how to make a bowl of cereal sans two workable arms. But he's got his hands. He's got his hands. He pours the milk enough that it makes the cereal rise to the top of the bowl. So really all he's going to do, and of course, he sits down and just goes to town face in the bowl. And Danny, of course, comes down ready for work. And Jesse, like, pulls his head back up. And he's like, what, you never seen a grown man eat cereal before? And Danny's like... Not like a Great Dane. Of course, before he sits down to his mixing bowl of oat boats, he's got to add the bananas. Or as he would say, Michelle would call them, nanners. I honestly cannot remember the last time I had a banana. It's been so long. If anything, I probably like used it to make banana bread. That would have been even long, like within the last 10 years. He separates one from, like, the five other bananas, which are now on the floor. Let's hope no one steps on them. You know that floor is, like, glistening, sanitized, clean, thanks to Danny. Of course, we got a problem. The banana, it's still in its peel, sleeve, whatever you want to call it. Slice and peel. Hmm, but how do I do that with no functioning of my arms? Oh, up oh, up oh, here I go. Grabs a rolling pin. It's like, oh, this is going to be fun, Michelle. Watch me do this. And he rubs the rolling pin over and somehow, by magic, the <laughs> banana, not smushed at all, fully formed in its banana shape, lands into the mixing bowl of cereal. I'm like, he is a magician. That is amazing. TV magic, everybody. You know, and also about this whole motorcycle debacle. You know, the bike's ruined. We'll see it later. He's wearing the jeans still. He's got no cuts on his hands, none on his face. Well, he was clearly wearing a helmet, so his face has been protected. Shoes, boots are on. Probably motorcycle boots. Got really thick, like, leather. They're not, like, steel-toed work boots or anything like that. But... And the jeans, of course, you know, the material of the jeans saved his legs from being injured. I guess, and honestly, Jesse is the type, he's got the leather jacket on, clearly. That's probably saved a good portion of his body from... But, and also, Jesse definitely is the type that he would wear motorcycle gloves. I just, I I can see it, I can picture it in my mind. You know, he wants to complete the ensemble. You know, the black leather jacket, the motorcycle leather gloves, all the helmet. You gotta have the jeans on. You gotta have the motorcycle boots. So, a good portion of his, of his body was mainly protected. So, if he was thrown from his motorcycle, because he's probably going at full speed, hit those uh, tire spikes, flying through the air. Probably used his arms to, you know put his arms out to stop his you know, body from hitting the ground and probably broke him. That's my guess, anyway. I love the applaud when he, the fully formed banana just falls right into that bowl. Even Michelle is smiling. I can't believe he's even attempting to grab... A wooden spoon, like here, let's see how we're gonna do this. Grabs a little bit on the spoon, cause he's like kinda, you know, he's still got the motion of his hands, and he's trying to get it towards his mouth. Like your arms are like straight out. That is not gonna work. And of course, he goes in and of course, flings this wooden spoon with the cereal, flings it behind his shoulder, like oh boy. Flinging it at his face and then over his shoulder. <laughs> So Jesse's like, if you like that, Michelle, you'll love this. And he finally is like, you know what? Face to bowl. Just start scarfing that, those uh, oat boats down. Gosh, he's not even coming up for <laughs> air. <laughs> and Danny's just like, okay, what do we have here? Clearly, Michelle is not the one who needs the bib. Because he ends up like saying, here, sweetie, I think your Uncle Jesse needs this more than you do. So, Danny, before he puts the bib on Jesse, is like, Jesse, face it. You got two broken arms. Let us help you. got a house full of people ready to help you with what you need. Jesse finally concedes and says, All right, help me. But yeah, when we cut back from after Danny puts Michelle's bib on Jesse, we see she's got the pink and white striped bib around her neck still Danny is grabbing the wooden spoon with the cereal and just putting it into Jesse's mouth like a heaping spoonful and you just see milk dribbling down Jesse's chin like Ew. someone's going to have to wipe it milk when it gets dry It gets, it's sticky milk is sticky <laughs>
3: DJ, I'm perfectly capable of making a simple bowl of cereal.
0: can eat it now he's fine he's perfectly capable of making a simple bowl of cereal
3: let me give you a hand now do I look like someone who needs a hand
1: You don't make a mess. Let's get you in the high chair, Michelle. That a girl. Keep Uncle Jesse company. I'm gonna change for work.
3: Here you go, you might need this, so. Michelle, keep an eye on your Uncle Jesse for me. Okay, okay Michelle, watch your Uncle Jay in action here. We simply pour the milk. Perfect, now, we add my favorite part, the bananas, or as you would call them, nanners. And we simply shake. This is too easy. Now, we slice and peel. We slice and peel, but how? I got it. Observe this, Michelle. Observe this. <laughs> What are you compressed. laughing at? All right, now,
2: she's not laughing. She's, she's smiling. smiling.
3: And I'm ready to enjoy a nice bowl of oat boats.
2: And good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to maneuver that spoon? You didn't get any of that as well. Even Michelle's <laughs>
3: gross. If you like that, Michelle, you'll love this.
2: He's going to town on that
0: cereal.
2: It's <laughs> not even coming up for air. What's
3: the matter? You never seen a grown man eat cereal before? I'm sure you got one. Not of those like a of great dame. <laughs> Jesse,
1: face it. You got two broken arms. Let us help you.
3: Uh, all right. If I make you feel better, help, help. help. All right. Michelle, I think your uncle
1: needs this more than you do.
3: (laughs) Open up.
2: So we got the song Help being sung by Jesse. And we have a little montage here. We got uh, Stephanie can't help Jesse because he's so angry with her. We got DJ brushing Jesse's teeth. And he's basically got a tank top on his. How in the world? This makes no sense. I don't know how far this cast goes down his. You know. Past his chest to what? Maybe his. Down to his navel, maybe? Because now DJ is kissing him goodnight. Tucking him in. That is going to be so uncomfortable. Because he's literally. Laying there with both arms out. Of course, he's attempting to try to get up and out of the bed. Where he's like, ugh, help, help, I can't get out of the bed. I can only imagine how much the plaster, those casts, how much they probably weigh his body down. Because it's not just his arms and plaster. It's like his whole, his chest probably down to you know, his his navel and that's probably a lot of weight that you're not used to like trying to like carry that weight around. I see DJ and Joey jo- oh my god this is going to be i think the worst what is this? He's wearing Joey's wearing like all royal blue and it's almost like Joey's wearing like a turtleneck but then it's got like a a yellow collar thing that kind of goes around it and it just is it takes joey danny and dj to help him out of bed seriously now of course we have joey shaving jesse's face of course joey can't resist spraying shaving cream into jesse's hair because honestly what is jesse gonna do he can't move his arms this is so dumb. We just saw him with a tank top on. Why are they ju- Danny and Joey are trying to get him into a shirt. This is nuts. Looks like they demolished that shirt in the next scene as he's putting, you know, having Michelle lick stamps. You know, remember when you had to lick stamps? Now they just are sticky with the adhesive and all you gotta do is like put them on. Yeah, now it looks like that shirt is just now a tank top. He's got a lot of stamps there. He, must have, he has at least three letters on that coffee table. He must have a lot of bills. So, now we're at the dinner table. We got DJ feeding not only Michelle, but also spoon feeding Jesse, who just looks utterly miserable. Oh my gosh, I just thought, you know those those, like, plastic hats that got the, um, the straw type things? And they got, like, you know, I guess they're... There's an official term for them. Wait. So it's a novelty place guzzler drinking helmet, which I found on Amazon for like ten bucks. You and there's a this one also says beer and soda drinking helmet. Okay, so it's just not for it's not just for you know people that like to drink, but also other people that can drink other beverages. This is a Simpsons episode I saw where Homer had two Pepto-Bismol bottles, of, like in a hat like that that he was drinking from two straws in his mouth. And I'm just thinking maybe Jesse just needs to be on a liquefied diet for six weeks. No, nah, that's extreme. Honestly, <laughs> they'd have to like keep refilling the stuff in the tubes. I mean, it's not any more um, embarrassing than being fed by your 12-year-old niece. (laughs) Spoon-fed like someone who's Michelle's age. Okay, so we come out of the Help Me montage. We are in Stephanie and DJ's room. Jesse's sitting in a chair. Got that guitar that was leaning up against the wall. The one he probably mostly uh, plays on. DJ, of course, had been taking lessons from Jesse, but now she's assisting him. He's like, No, go slower. No, go faster. He's like, Faster than that. Slower than that. And he's singing something like Calling Out Around the World. I don't know if that's a song or something he's working on. DJ is finally frustrated and says, Here, Stephanie, why don't you help? Uncle Jesse, because you haven't done anything. And Jesse finally gets fed up and like, enough! I can't write my music. I can't go to the bathroom on my own. I can't feed myself. Just... Just enough's enough. It's clearly hit a breaking point. And asking the one person who he pretty much blames for why he's in this situation to begin with to help h- him out is just... no. Stephanie, of course, have been... St- standing there just watching this failed music session as dj takes the guitar and hands it off to stephanie like stephanie why don't you do this and stephanie's like no way and she's holding her emily slash vicky from small wonder doll so now dj's of course gonna be like all you ever do is mope around come on everybody's helping out but you Really? Because I don't see Jesse throwing any blame shade in your direction, DJ. Granted, she wasn't the one with the scissors who cut his hair. Said, if I were in Stephanie's position, I would not want to be anywhere near Jesse through all of this. He knows he blames her for everything that's happened. And Stephanie's like, I can't help Jesse finally gets up and says, like, all right, forget it, forget it, girls. It's just, this is just stupid, okay? I can't even play my music. I can't take care of myself. Just forget it. This is so humiliating. And he walks out the door. I wonder if anyone's getting gotten him a get well card. Like any of the Rippers. Have they stopped by to visit him? At least send get well soon cards. So DJ of course takes Stephanie by the hand and says come with me. So it's basically DJ's going to tell Danny that Stephanie has not been helping. in taking care of Uncle Jesse. Well, clearly you can see it's just been DJ, Danny, and Joey the whole time. Okay, Danny is in the kitchen vacuuming, well, no, he's not vacuuming, he's got the vacuum, but he's using the dust buster to kind of vacuum along the sides, like the vacuum bag. Oh, Jesse is so angry, he's like, Danny, open the door! Open the back door! Now shut it! Now slam the door! Because he's so angry he can't even take out his anger on the door and slamming it. I have to have Danny do that for him. DJ really irritates me. This She really has gotten on my nerves. You know, just as much as Jesse. Jesse's like the worst for this episode. Like I, I get that he but come on now. But she's like, Dad, Stephanie won't help Uncle Jesse. Miss Tattletail over here. Apparently not realizing that Stephanie is going through some serious trauma, emotional trauma over here. And Danny's like, Steph, is that true? Danny, where have you been the last 24 hours? Of course she, have you seen her when you and Joey and DJ were putting on, trying to put Jesse's shirt on for him or pull him out of bed? And she's like, I don't want to break him. I don't ever want to hurt Uncle Jesse again. And even DJ saying, Steph, you didn't do anything to hurt Uncle Jesse. See, Danny and DJ could tell her that till she's blue they're blue in the face. It's only gonna count if it comes from Uncle Jesse, because that's who she needs to hear it from. He's the only one that's gonna absolve her of her guilt. She's like, I only scalped him, wrecked his motorcycle and broke his arms. Sweetie, you didn't wreck his motorcycle. That was him, and you did not break his arms. You didn't scalp him either. Anything you gave him a much needed haircut. Like I said, that mullet had to go. Stephanie's like, no wonder he's so mad at me. And Danny's like, alright, look, DJ, why don't you take a break? And she's like, really? I'm off duty? Yes! And she's like, what am I still doing standing here? And she, like, races off. Oh, so Danny's wording here. He's like, Steph, look, I can see where you might think you're a little jinxed. And she's like, jinxed? Daddy, I'm the kiss of death! So much like in the big three, oh, with Danny's car bullet being, you know, thrown off the bridge or whatever and going all the way down to the bottom of the ocean or whatever. Or the bay, whatever. You know, that car comes back and it's just completely like, complete just decomposed car. And why in the world did they bring Jesse's motorcycle back? Well, Clearly, he's worked on bikes before, whether or not, you know, he needs to get, he needs to get Dan Connor from Roseanne from Lanford, Illinois, over here to check that bike out. Because Dan does great work on bikes. They even open a bike shop. Eventually, they end up losing the bike shop. But anyway, we got the tire on the top of the bike. We got the handlebars on the bottom. It's just, it's in pieces is what it is. I mean, honestly, it probably will cost more to fix the bike and repair it than it would to just go out and get a new motorcycle. I mean, I would consider this a complete loss. Not to mention, if he's even got insurance, the fact that you could just rule this as negligence because he was not paying attention, I don't think insurance is going to cover negligence, Like, oh, I was so angry. I wasn't paying attention. Really? Okay, well, we can't help you here. Sorry. Our insurance, your policy only covers real accidents. Jesse, of course, is getting his frustration and anger out on the bike by kicking the wheel off the top of the bike and just kicking the bike in general. Danley, then Danley, Danny f- finally decides that he needs to have a talk with Jesse about what's going on with Stephanie because clearly everyone's been so consumed with you know Jesse duty that they're not seeing the emotional anguish, the emotional toll that all of this anger and frustration that's being aimed at Stephanie through Jesse that's going on with her. Like this needs to be addressed 100%. I mean, you talk about emotionally scarring someone for like, you know, kids are very, very, you know, some are very sensitive when, you know, I was like that. I'm still kind of a little bit, there are others that just kind of let it roll off their back. They let it, you know, you know, fester and let, you know, till it builds up and then they just, you know, everyone reacts to certain things on an emotional level in different ways. Some let it build up and explode. Others carry it with them and walk around and just. These things, it's just in order to progress in a relationship with another person, these issues, they need to come to a head. They need to get resolved in order to move forward, if that's what you want to do. And Danny's like, Oh, am I interrupting something? And Jesse's like, I want to talk about it right now. I'd leave, but I can't reach the gate hook. Danny levels with Jesse like, hey, there's nothing you can do about your arms at the moment. Those are pretty much out of commission right at the moment. But you can do something about Stephanie. Jesse, of course, is just, he's so fixated on, I can't play my music. I can't ride my bike. I can't feed myself or take care of myself. He is just so consumed with that, he can't see what's going on with Stephanie. Like, what are you talking about? And Danny's like, Steph is scared to death to go near you. She's afraid she's gonna hurt you again. And Jesse is like, Well, go tell the little rugrat she's wacko. And Danny's like, Well, why don't you go tell the little rugrat she's wacko in maybe a nicer way? If I were Danny and someone's like, oh, you should tell the little rug rat she's whack. I'd be like, excuse me, that's my daughter. Your niece, by the way, that you're referring to. Why don't you use some better words? Like, I get to that you're angry, but this isn't just about you, Jesse. I'm sorry, but Jesse's uh, at the top of the list of the, the worst. I know I don't give that award out very often, but he is at the top. And like I said, I have no sympathy for his attitude, and for what happened to him. That's on him because he let his anger get in the way of his judgment. Finally, Danny's words of saying, maybe you can tell her the little regret she's wacko maybe a nicer way. And it's it finally hits him. It's like, your attitude has not been helpful through this whole thing. So he tells Danny, like, you're right. Send her out here. Oh,
3: Round the w- no, slower than that, call it up, faster than that, call it up, slower than that, but call it up, DJ, this is music. No, Stephanie, it's not. why
0: don't you do this? No way. All you do is mope around. Come on, everybody's helping out but you. I can't help.
3: All right, come on, girl. All right, just forget it. It's so stupid. I can't even play my music. I can't take care of myself. It's so humiliating. Just forget it, girls, all right?
0: Oh, come with me.
3: Danny, open the back door. Got it. Open the back door. Got it. Now
0: slam it. Thank you. Dad, Stephanie won't help Uncle Jesse.
3: Steph, is
1: that true?
0: I don't want to break him. I'll never want to hurt Uncle Jesse again. (laughs) Steph, you didn't do anything to hurt Uncle Jesse. I only scalped him, wrecked his motorcycle, and broke his arms. (laughs) No wonder he's so mad at me.
1: Steej, why don't you go take a break?
0: Really? I'm off duty? Yes, yes, yes! Why am I still here?
1: Steph, I can see where you might think that you're a little bit jinxed.
0: Jinxed? Daddy, I'm the kiss of death.
3: Am I interrupting something? I don't want to talk about it right now. I'd leave, but I can't reach the gate hook. <laughs> Jesse, there is nothing you can do about your arms.
1: But there is something you can do about Stephanie. What are you talking about? Steph is scared to death to go near you. She's afraid she's going to hurt you again. Well, I'll tell the little rug rat she's wacko. <laughs> I think you should tell the little rug rat she's wacko. And maybe a little... Nicer way.
3: You're right. Send her out here.
2: Thanks. So, we cut to the porch, and we see Danny has to physically lift and carry Stephanie out into the backyard, because she is, re- she clearly, I'm surprised she didn't dash upstairs you gotta imagine how uncomfortable this has gotta be for Stephanie. The fact that Jesse's kinda annoyed and irritated the whole majority of the this exchange here doesn't make it any easier. And She had to have known eventually this confrontation c- conversation was going to happen. Actually pushes her out closer to Jesse. And Jesse's all like, Hey babe. And Stephanie in such a small tiny voice is like, Hi. She offers a little wave like, Hi. And he's like, hey, you can come a little closer. And she takes a step forward, but he's like, I better not. And then she takes two steps back. And she says, I'm dangerous. That's why you hate me. The look of hurt on Jesse's face to think that Stephanie would think that he hates her. It's kind of sad he calls her by her full name he's like stephanie judith tanner i do not hate you and i'm with stephanie and she's asking then why are you yelling and being so grouchy all the time he's like well i'm frustrated she's like and telling daddy to slam doors right after he says you know because i'm frustrated it's like this realization just dawns on Jesse. He's like you know what and she's like what It's like, I've been feeling sorry for myself. It's like, I've been acting like a baby. I didn't mean to blame you. I'm very sorry. See, and this is exactly the words that Stephanie needed to hear. She needed to hear those words from him. Because otherwise, she was going to keep blaming herself probably to the end of time. DJ and Danny telling her not to blame herself and it's not her fault. It's like, no, she needs to hear that from Jesse. You're really not mad at me? And he's like, no, I'm not. Stephanie, look, you made one little mistake, right? Everyone makes mistakes. Look, I'm an expert bike rider, right? It's like, I've never had one problem. I miss one little sign. Boom, concrete sleeves. It's like, no, boom, I'm the mummy man. He's like, Stephanie, it's the same deal with you, right? I mean, how many pretend haircuts have you given? She's like, counting yours. And she like kind of counts on her fingers millions. It's like, yeah, say you just had one little accident. It's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. He's like, "Stephanie, I promise I'm going to be as good as new, okay?" And she's like, "Okay. She you know, she's already feeling better, so, All right. Now, you get over here and you give me one of your world-class famous hugs." like so you give me one of the world's biggest hug. Is that right, my baby? All she does is go over to him and like kind of grip his fingertips like she's Michelle's age and learning how to walk for the first time. And he kind of looks at her like, what? Come on. What, I have cooties or something? Get over here, you. (laughs) He's still nervous to go near him just because she's afraid that she's going to hurt him. He's like, all right. He sits down in the wicker chair. He's like, all right, come here and sit on my lap. And she does, he's like, okay, just be careful. There we go. And this time she does know, you know, she's not going to reach out and, like, push on his arm for support. She's going to put her arm kind of around his neck and kind of, like, boost herself up. So he tells her, you know, I'm going to need your help. And she's like, oh, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, I can't play my music, but I was thinking of working on some lyrics. I mean, you know how to spell, so I figure you can help me out in that department. Oh, she's like, yeah, I can do that. I could, if you write about a dog, cat, tree, and Stephanie. He's like, can you spell baby? And she's like, B-A-B-Y. There we go, we got a hit. How many songs out there in the world have the word baby in the title? I'd say at least more than a hundred. He's like, you know the best part about you, helping Me is? And she's like, what? Like, I get to spend more time with my little buddy. And she's like, I'm so glad you broke your arms. <laughs> and it's kind of sad as we really going forward, we don't really get a whole lot of Jesse Stephanie scenes, because as Michelle gets older, she is kind of like Jesse's little buddy. And <laughs> I mean, I'm just the episodes going forward that I'm thinking about where we get a lot. You know, Jesse and Stephanie scenes are gonna be. Silence is not golden from season. F- six, season six, um, also the one where. Stephanie does a talent show at the Smash Club with girl talk. You know, and he wants, you know, to be her manager for a short amount of time. And I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to really honestly rack my brain and think of other moments prior to this one and then also going forward. So, like, real one-on-one heart-to-heart talks. Honestly, right now, the only ones I can truly honestly think of are Silence is Golden and Girl Talk from Season Eight. And she hugs him. He's like, "Hey," and she's like, "Hey, what?" He's like, "Well, you're hugging me, and I'm not hurting." He's like, you're right. The curse is broken. It was like, "Have mercy." Aww, this is. Just, I love how this episode ends with them just working things out.
3: Hey, babe. Hi. You can come a little closer.
0: I better not. I'm dangerous. That's why you hate me.
3: Stephanie Judith Tanner. I do not hate you. Then
0: so why are you yelling and being so grouchy and telling daddy to slam doors?
3: Well, because I'm frustrated. You know what? what? I've been feeling sorry for myself. And I've been acting like a baby. Um, I didn't mean to blame you. I'm very sorry.
0: You mean you're really not mad at me?
3: No, I'm not. Stephanie, made one little mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. I mean, look at me, I'm an expert bike rider, right? I've never had one problem. I miss one little sign, boom, I'm the mummy man. <laughs> <laughs> Same deal with you. I mean, how many pretend haircuts have you given?
0: Counting yours...
3: million. <laughs> See, you're an expert too, but you made one little mistake. Stephanie, I promise I'm going to be as good as new, okay? Okay. All right, now you get over here, and you give me the world's biggest hug. Lay it on me, baby. (laughs) What, do I have the cooties or something? Come here, sit on my lap. Easy. Go ahead. There you go. All right, now, I'm going to need your help. What do you mean? Well, since I can't play my music, I was thinking on working on some lyrics. That is, if you could write them down for me. I could do that
0: if you write about dog, cat, tree, and Stephanie.
3: (laughs) Can you spell baby?
0: B A B Y.
3: Good, then we have a hit. (laughs) You know what the best part is about you helping me? What? I get to spend more time with my little buddy.
0: I'm so glad you broke your arms.
3: (laughs) hey hey what you're hugging me and i'm uh, not even hurting
0: you're right the curse is broken have Have mercy
3: mercy. (laughs) thank you thank you all right so what do you think of my new haircut better than gary shandling's no (laughs) all right how about don king's no (laughs) thanks i feel a lot better michelle I've had a lot of time to think because let's face it there's not much else i can do you know i'm always saying that things happen for a reason well maybe the reason all this is happening to me is because it's time to make some changes in my life you know about changes don't you michelle <laughs> you realize that ever since i've been 16 years old i've had the exact same haircut i've ridden the same harley i've dressed the same i listen to the same music had the same boring job killing bugs. You know, for a guy who likes to live his life on the edge, I've been living on the edge of a rut. Mm. No, nope. you know something, Michelle? Starting right now, I'm going to start shaking my life up a little bit. Oh, what? You think I'm afraid to change? Oh, sh- oh, I get it. You think I'm caught up in this whole rebel thing and I refuse to grow up? From now on, I'm going to be a lot more open to change start acting like a mature adult (coughs) Joey (coughs) I need you again well I had four glasses iced tea
2: good grief okay go on Remember, and the thing is, I thought that's where the episode ends. No, we get one last scene of Jesse in Michelle's room, and she's got a brush, and she's kind of brushing the the back of Jesse's hair, and it just immediately, it's like, oh, this is reminding me what I brought up earlier about just the, you know, combing the back of my mom's hair, or the same thing with my aunt and everything, and it just it's just it's it's comfort. I don't know. I, I just I don't know, but it was comforting for me. Anyway, he's mentioning how he this haircut, and you know, with what happened with his motorcycle is, if you want to call it a blessing in disguise, it's kind of a wake up call for him. And how he says, since he's sixteen, he's had the same haircut, driven the same Harley, listen to the same music. Had the same boring job, so he's been working for his dad since he was sixteen. And he's like, "It's time for me to start making some changes in my life." So you know, I talk about living on the edge, and I'm more uh, living in a rut for the last ten years. Like honestly, the direction that they do take with Jesse in season two, where he kind of wants to be more independent from his father, break away from the business. In the episode, That's Not My Job, Jesse, or It's Not My Job, Um, Jesse ends up selling his first advertising jingle and it gets bought. And that is what inspires him to kind of go off in a different direction than what his father wants. I just, that's what I don't like about parents that start businesses in hopes of leaving it for their kids. Because how much of the time, is the kid going to be say i saying, I'm, or the person going to be settled? well, I'm saddled down with this because it was my parents' dream to have this legacy, this store, this business carry onward and be passed down from one family member to the next to stay in the family. And it's just the parent, it's just, it bothers me because it's like, you're not letting your kid have their own dream. And it's just... I don't know, it just kind of bugs me. But I like that Jesse, he does take a stand against his father. And that's a big moment for him, it's just saying, I want to go in a different direction with my life. How you see me living my life and how I want to live my life are two totally different things. I mean, not only is he going to be focusing on a new career change, he's going to be focusing on... You know, starting a, a really... We've seen him in season one with women. And these women are not women that are... That he has long relation standing relationships with. They're pretty much... If you want to call it a fling. If you want to call it a one night stand. If you want to just call it just... You're there when I need... Or, or whatever. But... Lori, I like the addition of her. I like that Jesse finally settles down and we get to see real growth of this character. Not just in season two as the jumping off point, but throughout the course of the series. Yes, it's about the Tanner family, but we get to see Jesse going from this young 24-year-old independent, on his own, doing his own thing, to settling down, taking on responsibility, maturing as a person. Meeting the love of his life, getting married, having children, and just, we see him go down this path of life and everything. And it's just so exciting to watch. I mean, for me, anyway. You gotta say, out of all the characters that are really grown and matured, as far as the men go, Jesse 100%. Kind of funny because I love because Michelle is now starting to talk. She's saying no, and Jesse's like, "Hey, Michelle, what do you think of my haircut? Better than Gary Shandling's, right?" And she's like, "No." He's like, "How about Don King?" And she's like, "No." <laughs> Another blessing in disguise with this accident was the fact that he's like, yeah, it's given me a lot of time to think. Because, well, let's face it, I can't really do anything else. And he thinks, you know, the saying, and I even believe that. Like, yes, things do happen for a reason. He thinks the reason that this is happening the way it happened, you know, with the accident, it's like, you could even call it, like, an unfortunate accident. Like, in a way, or he's kind of benefiting from it Helping him to steer his life in a different, more grown up, maturing direction. Because he's like, it's time to make some changes in my life. He's like, hey, you know about changes, don't you, Michelle? And she's like, well, changing diaper, sure, but no, he doesn't say that. He's probably thinking that, like, what, like, change my diaper? (laughs) He's had that mullet since he was 16. That is commitment, right? That is like a decade of mullet there. So from 78 to 88, he had that mullet. That is a long time. And honestly, if you think about who goes through the most hairdos in this show, I honestly gotta say DJ. I definitely gotta see DJ. Almost every single season, she's got a new look. No bangs, no bangs, long hair, uh, you know, short bob. Oh, The permed frizzy hair in season two. Hair in a ponytail, season one. I'm gonna start shaking up my life a bit. And he's like, oh what, you think I'm afraid to change? Like, ugh. She doesn't think- she's two! Everything you're saying is pretty much going in one ear and out the other. Unless it's addressed to her as far as... yeah. Unless you're asking questions like, Michelle, are you hungry? Michelle, do you want something to drink? Michelle, do you need a diaper change? Then again, I don't think he's actually looking for her to answer him back. It's just rhetorical questions for, you know, the responses. And, of course, the uh, looks we get from Michelle, the action shots. I don't know what she's eating, a cookie or something like that, because her mouth is. Even when Danny brought her down, when Jesse was trying to get that bowl for the cereal, she had something, maybe Cheerios or something that she was they probably give them something to kind of occupy them to keep them from getting upset. When he after he says I'm gonna start acting like a mature adult, he turns his head to the door and says, "Joey, I need you." And Joey comes to and he's like, "Oh, again." And Jesse's like, "Well, I had four glasses of iced tea." It's like, "Oh my god." You know that Danny and Joey are going to be the ones that are going to have to take care of the bathroom-related issues. Yes, honestly, hands down, the award for worst outfit is going to be Joey's royal blue shirt with the yellow collar. It almost think makes me think of like uh, M- you know Michigan football colors because there's what state of Michigan that is like green and white, and then you have your Michigan, which is the blue and yellow colors. I don't rule for any team. I'm not into teams. I don't have a favorite. They're just, those are two giant big rivalries that I, I just, I don't get into that kind of thing. You know, the biggest thing on the school bus, the biggest debate in like element, like up to fifth grade, sixth grade was what was better, a Chevy or a Ford? And this was kids that didn't even have a driver's license. And they were saying, well, a Ford is better. A Chevy is better. Whenever it would rain on the school bus, the windows would fog up. And someone would put, like, Ford or Chevy. And someone in the seat that I was sitting in, someone, like, wrote that. And I just wiped it out. Like, I am not taking part in this. Don't use my window in your debate. Thank you. Yes, Joey hands down worst uh outfit of the episode. As far as best outfit, even though some would really consider it kind of basic looking, DJ's um orange cream shirt with the um mini banana clip thing and the like blue moon ice cream skirt with matching button up sweater. I'm gonna go for that for the best because I really couldn't think of anything else. Most relatable character I honestly and I'm thinking about it and I do not believe that I have a relatable for this episode. I can't think of never had to take care of an injured relative. I've never been injured in that kind of way. I mean it and this is a stretch by saying I trimmed my own bangs with thinning shears. I mean that's as close to Stephanie's or I mean I guess Jesse as far as a uh, haircut gone wrong gone wrong. That's and that's kinda of probably pushing it, but I guess that'll be Jesse will be re- relatable in that regard. When I think about it, I swear and it's a blurry memory. In second grade, um I had a crush on this boy and um and he liked me too, and he, like, took some scissors and cut a little bit of my hair for him to keep. Mind you, we were, like, eight years old. Now, they weren't huge, gigantic wrapping paper scissors. They were, like, little Fiskar scissors. It did, They didn't have the this, oh, this safety guards on them like what Nikki and Alex use later on in, like, season seven or eight. But it's not like it was a big chunk. It was just, like, a little snippet of hair. Uh, Lesson learned from this episode is if you're going to play pretend, use your fingers as scissors and it's going to work out great. Honestly, you don't even really technically need to be touching the person's hair. You can just cut, like stand behind them like six inches and cut into the air with your fingers and that's a pretend haircut. I mean, I've heard stories about kids who have cut each other's hair, and the parents are just P.O.'d. So, yeah, don't, don't do that, kids. If you think you're going to get in trouble for doing something, here's a word of advice. Don't do it! If something's in your mind telling you, Mommy and Daddy will be angry with me if I do this, then you need to not do something constructive that won't make your parents or whoever you're living with angry so yes this was the episode that like i said i chose for john stamos's birthday happy birthday john stamos uncle slash uncle jesse august 19th i hope you have a great day i'm sure you're not listening to this podcast and that's okay but i wanted to dedicate this episode to you regardless so if you guys want to email the podcast, again, go to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you get a sec, you like the podcast, jump on the All My Lanta Holy Chalupas Full House Fuller House podcast on uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. That way we can get the podcast out there more popular for all you wonderful Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. So have a great Actually, I just, looked. the 19th of August is like a Wednesday, so have a good rest of the week. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye, everybody.